No subscriptions, no network, no rules, and at the end of the day, my friends, no comparison. Welcome to the annual holiday tradition like no other. Happy Thanksgiving, my friends. I'm sure many of you uh, right now are are doing some baking, maybe, doing uh, some cooking, maybe riding on your way to Grandma's house, and uh, you're tuning in to the annual tradition like no other, the Banal of America Thanksgiving special, as we like to call it, Ruxgiving. We have received so many emails from people this year asking about Ruck's giving. It's uh, I say this every year, but it's it's almost frightening, Bruce. You have no idea how. <laughs> how well, as long as everyone wants to hear me, I'm here. That's that's what Bruce said uh, before the show started, folks. He's he's psyched. He's ready to do this. So welcome back to another uh, Ruck's giving, Bruce. Thank you so much for doing it. And uh, you know how you been? I've been fine. Actually, things are going pretty well right now. Uh, the housemates moved out. I'm renovating the house so I can uh, up the rent to what it actually should be as opposed to what I was charging. They were friends of mine, and they were kind of financially strapped. <laughs> I'm uh, in process of that, but it's going very well. Nice, nice. Now, I should warn folks, I can't get the chat room open just yet, but I'm hoping that uh, we'll be able to get it rolling soon. This is odd. Um but yeah, it looks like it looks like we're okay and we're on the air and everything. So I don't think the lady plays the music, so I think we're good. So you're doing good, all things considered. Then sounds like all things considered, yeah. I, I, the future is looking rosy. Let's just put it that way. That's always a good thing, right? Yeah. Now, one of the things I wanted to ask you about before we even really get started was uh, you mentioned. Um, you said, and this is funny, you say, I don't know if I ever mentioned this, this is one of the emails you sent, but Tom DeLong was my first outspoken famous fan. That was, what, 15 years ago. Um, what, <laughs> that's like all anyone's talking about lately is this Tom DeLong thing. So it's, 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 it's crazy that you have some kind of uh, previous connection to Tom DeLong. So what is, what's the story there? How is he, how, how is he like uh, your famous outspoken fan? Well, it's only sort of a connection. I found out that he was a fan of mine by accident. Uh, his name came up, and he mentioned that he was reading Architects of the Underworld, thought it was a fantastic book, and he was recommending it to people. And that was pretty much the extent of that. And he's never contacted me at all. So we haven't talked, and I don't really know him. Uh, but he at least has read Architects, and I'm assuming that he's read Hollywood as well. And yeah. uh, he was the only famous person that I'd ever heard say something about Architects. And like I said, that was about 15 years ago, probably, in that neck of the woods. 
uh, could even have been a little bit longer. And then all these years later, lo and behold, uh, he gets out of Blink-182 and uh, goes on this big quest for UFO truth. Uh, unfortunately, he kind of got co-opted by the intelligence guys. <laughs> That's the rumor, <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to see what, really to, to see what comes of that. I think they're already spoon-feeding him a lot of BS, but uh, if he talked to me, I could probably clue him in. Well, he should get in touch with you, dude. Maybe he's listening now. Maybe he's like, oh, Bruce Rocks, I'm a huge fan. Um, yeah, it sounds like he's mixed up in, in some kind of like uh, some kind of disinformation campaign or something like that. So you only just heard that he was like mentioning you or something, right? Yeah, I just came across it on the net. This was a long time ago. Yeah. And I thought, oh, what do you know? I have a fan. A famous fan. You are two famous fans because, uh, as I mentioned, and I'm sure he's listening right now, uh, our Hollywood up-and-coming Hollywood star Steve Berg uh, was on the show earlier this year, and he, he made, he's a long-time been All-America fan. He went out of his way to mention how big a fan he is of uh, of you and the Rucks giving special. So he said he it, it is legit, like, I, like I've always said on the show here, it, it is a legit part of uh, – Part of his holiday tradition, like so many other people who listen to the show. Well, thank you very much, sir. I will uh, be watching for you on the airwaves. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's uh, he's on he's been on Comedy Central's Idiot Sitter and Drunk History, and um, I don't he's know on he Drunk was. History. I've probably seen him. I like Drunk History. Did you see the Roswell one? He did the Roswell one. I don't remember if I saw that one or not. I'll send uh, you a link to it later. So you can check it out. Yeah, do that. All right. I'm a bit distracted while I try to figure out what the fuck's going on with this uh, <laughs> this ridiculous oh, chat. We, we fly by the seat of our pants, folks. Exactly, exactly. So uh, what is – let me see what I want to ask you here first. Cause, uh, well, somebody wrote in and asked. Let me get the question up. I'm really sorry. This is like – this blog talk is a disaster, folks. They They know this, though, the people listening. They're like, oh, blog talk, the worst. So, so, um, but let, let me ask, somebody asked, and, and uh, I wanted to ask you too, so let me get that up here um, so I can get the, yeah, well, what do you, Kip Carbone asked, and, and a couple other people also asked, but he, he's the one that wrote in, and uh, he wanted to know what you think of this new chamber that they found recently, um, that they announced like uh, earlier this month in the in the Great Pyramid. The one that's above the Grand Gallery, yeah. Yes. I am very interested in finding out what they have there. Uh, I actually wrote back to NPR. Uh, they were asking people, you know, what do you think will be found there. I didn't realize I was writing back to NPR. I thought I was writing back to the person who sent me the article. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that NPR got an earful. Uh, it was very scholarly and brief. Uh, I expect, that depending on the size of the chamber, it could be a higher elevation part of the observatory. The Grand Gallery was built as an observatory, and this seems to parallel its size and shape, though it appears to be a little bit smaller. Um, so I'm expecting it might be something like that. It is possible that there could be uh, some inscriptions in it. Uh, if there are, I suspect that they will be Luvian. I think that the very few inscriptions that we've found in the pyramid are Luvian. Yeah. Uh, but I need to see them again to check it out. Interesting, interesting. So do you think there's anything in there, or do you think it's, like, already been kind of looted out? Oh, no, it'll be empty. There won't be anything in it. That's kind of what I figured. There, there hasn't been anything in the pyramid. The only thing they ever found in the pyramid, uh, they found 
a piece of wood and a copper, I believe it was copper, uh, part of what, uh, a copper ball, which disappeared from the museum uh, between the time that they found them and uh, the time that they appeared in the books because they had drawings of them. Those are the only things they ever found in the pyramid. Oh, so all that other stuff they found was in, like, other areas, other things? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the only inscriptions that were ever found in the pyramid were in the uh, relieving chambers that Howard Weiss blasted into. There were five relieving chambers. One of those had been uh, discovered in, I think, 1765 or around there, and there was absolutely nothing in it, no inscriptions, nothing. Howard Weiss finds four more relieving chambers, which he personally blasted into. There were just, we have inscriptions all over the place, one of them being the misspelling of Khufu's name, uh, which, you know, is what everyone points to and says, well, this is proof that Khufu built a pyramid. No, it's proof that someone misspelled Khufu's name in the pyramid and put a bunch of inscriptions there. Uh, yeah, he could have been like, go thing. in and put the, go in and put my name in there, because, yeah, yeah. Right. So I don't think that they'll find anything in the pyramid now. I mean, they're not going to find any any artifacts. There was a, we only call it the king's sarcophagus in the king's chamber uh, because we don't know what else to call it. But there's no evidence at all that there was ever a body buried in there. Right, right, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, we got the uh, for for people wondering. Yeah, we got the chat room open. Uh, about ten minutes too late. I don't know if that'll. To spell you. Well, at least I now know for sure we're actually on the air, so we're good there too. All right. Um, so, well, that's interesting. Now, this uh, this Kip Carbone. He also asks what happened with the little robot that they sent in there exploring and found passageways that led to other unexplored areas. We've talked about that in the past. What, this is a different unexplored area, ostensibly, assumably. This is a different unexplored area. The Gantenbrink robot, which is what he's talking about, Rudolf Gantenbrink, uh, had a little robot that was capable of going up the um, star sighting chamber or passageway um, where there was a door. It was a, like a copper door. <laughs> what yeah. was this doing here? So it did manage to get a fiber optic cable uh, through the door, and there were, in fact, some inscriptions in there. There were three of them which, like I said, I'd have to see them again, but uh, I, I had to muse about it for a while and really look around because I, I hadn't seen anything quite like them. Uh, they're not Egyptian. And, uh, matter of fact, Robert Baval and I talked about this a little bit when, I, when we were in Egypt. Uh, but now uh, I think they're probably Luvian, which is what we would call Trojan. Uh, they were a, a civilization in Asia Minor. Uh, and if they are Luvian, then that would explain a lot. Mostly it would explain why the um, Gobekli Tepe is the same age as what we revisionists believe uh, the pyramid complex is, which is, you know, 10,500 years B.C. or that neck of the woods. And they have dated the Gobekli complex to that. Uh, that's the, the Stonehenge that's found in southern Turkey. It's about 200 miles south of uh, Istanbul, I think. Now, that would explain why the age of those is about the same, uh, it would be that civilization that put them up. <laughs> yeah. Go, ah, excuse me. There you go. <clears throat> Ragweed. It would be the um, Boluvian alphabet in that case that was probably the forerunner of the hieroglyphics. That's, this is all guesswork, but it is at least an educated guess. Once I looked at some Luvian script, I actually looked it up. I said, yeah, that looks kind of like what was in the pyramid, but I have to find those inscriptions again and compare them. 
Um, now, I want to jump back to what you said about the Tom DeLong stuff, now that I'm not as distracted, because uh, you mentioned here uh, sort of the games the intelligence people play, and you say that's how the boys play the saps, um, inviting him to uh, inviting them to tell them a bunch of stuff. And it says they pulled it on Linda Molden Howe, and they tried to pull it on me. So what what happened there? How are you – how was uh, – how 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 do they try to pull? How do the intelligence community try to do something with you? Because I don't think you've ever told that story before. Although now that I'm thinking about it, maybe you did. Because I think you said like somebody met you at a coffee shop or something, but I, I can't recall. Uh, I had written to a few UFO investigators uh, back 24 years ago, uh, before I had decided to write a book, and uh, just to share some of the information that I had. One of them was Linda Moulton Howe. Well, lo and behold, after I've got my first book written, but it hasn't gotten a publisher yet, I get this phone call from Linda Moulton Howe at home. And she's going to be in Denver, and she wants to meet with me, so I say, okay. We end up spending an entire day together, about 12 hours, I'd say, maybe even a little longer. And it was a very, very long day. Uh, she kept trying to sell me the disinformation story that Richard Doty had used to drive Paul Benowitz out of his mind. Paul Benowitz was a researcher in uh, the Midwest. It was either Arizona or New Mexico. I don't remember which. But he had uh, films and recordings from UFOs in the area that were flying over the air base in that area. So he got in touch with the base and shared all that information with them, and they were quite interested. Uh, Not long after that, Richard Doty and his aviary, as they were called, who were Air Force officers, special investigations agents, cooked up a disinformation story to Paul Benowitz. Now, that disinformation story was to convince him that aliens were doing absolutely horrible things to human beings, cannibalizing them and, and uh, you know, murdering them on the slime, just doing you know, horrible, horrible things to them. Yeah. And he believed it and went out of his mind. <laughs> and the person that passed him the documents was Bill Moore. Uh, Bill Moore was a friend of his. He was a UFO researcher. And uh, the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, and Richard Doty in particular, gave him doctored documents to convince Benowitz that all of this horseshit was true. And like I said, he bought it. And he checked, he checked himself into a mental hospital for a while because he was going out of his mind. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, a lot of this same disinformation story was being fed to me by Linda. And I, I kept having to stop her and saying, wait a minute, who was your source on this? Because this was a secret inside source. She's telling you this stuff. I said, who's your source on this? She said, Richard Doty, and she named him. Mm-hmm. And I said, the same Richard Doty from the Air Force Office of Special Investigations who was part of the aviary that drove Paul Benowitz out of his mind? Yeah. <laughs> and and you believe him? Why? Look, they took one of Benowitz's friends and got him <laughs> to drive Paul Benowitz out of his mind. Yeah. This is a friend of his with bullshit doctor documents. Why are you taking him as a legitimate source? She said, well, I could tell he was telling me the truth. So how could you tell that? Uh, well, you know, before he told me anything, he was in his office, he was checking for bugs, and he was being careful to shut the blinds and all Jesus that. Christ. Uh, make sure no one was paying attention, and he started telling me this stuff, and I knew he was telling me the truth. Said, no, the man is a professional liar. That's <laughs> what he does. He's a sociopath. He doesn't give a damn. Anyone who would hire somebody's best friend to drive them out of their mind, why would you take this guy's legitimate source? But all day long, she kept feeding me the same stuff. We kept coming back to the same disinformation story, which was the stuff that Benowitz was given. Yeah. 
And I, every single time I had to stop and say, wait a second, this is from Richard Doty, right? Right, Richard Doty. Okay, who drove Paul Benowitz out of his mind using one of his good friends to do it. Yeah. Okay, just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> all day she kept trying to tell me this story. She kept coming back to it. So I think she actually believes it. Uh, okay, well, she can actually believe it, but I'm telling you, that's the boys fucking with you. And if they do it to Paul Benowitz, believe me, they would do it to you and they'd do it to anybody else. So I don't take him as a legitimate source by any stretch of the imagination. He has confessed to having done this. He has proven to having done this. And he is proud of having done this. It's not a secret. It's known. You could take this to a point. Yeah, it's like movies and books about his shit now. So did he reach out to you? Did somebody reach out to you, though? No. Uh, I did not have to. Well, I had people occasionally um, try to take me out to a cattle mutilation site or something like that. People I didn't know. They'd find out I was on the UFOs, and they'd say, oh, you know, I check out cattle mutilations. You ought to come out with me sometime and check it. I never bit because yeah. I knew who they were. Uh, but, yeah, they, they were around me, and I, they did try and sell me stories. I got some breaking news, folks. David Cassidy has died. So there's your – Really? There's, yeah. He had been sick all weekend, so I guess it's uh, like on oh, like an intensive care. He yeah. wasn't that old. And what did he die of? Um, I don't have that kind of information. I'm not CNN. Damn. I know. That's what I always think. No, I don't know. He he had been. I don't know. Somebody in the chat room can look it up or something. But uh, yeah, he had he he had like fallen into like a medically induced coma or something. So he probably had cancer or something. I don't know. I'll see if yeah, uh, that could be. I'm always happy to hear those things. I yeah, mean, it's too bad. He couldn't have been much older than I was. No, he was 67. I don't know how much. I don't know how old you are, Bruce. So uh, I'm 59. Oh wow! Well, I guess he was eight years older than me. All right, so next year we'll celebrate your 60th on the uh, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking to see what it what it says here, but uh, no, nah, they're mostly just kind of looking at. Um, they just most of the stuff up right now is like obits, so I don't know specifically, but he must have been sick. Um, well, people people do still die in their 60s. It's kind of uncommon anymore. Uh, okay, somebody says organ failure, uh, dementia. So, I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Not not to be a downer on talk, on Rock's giving here, but I figured uh, my phone was beeping, so I uh, I got the alert. Sure. I guess it's you know it's I guess it's good if, if you're David Cassidy, even though you're dead, it's good you're you're popping up on people's phones. It's like wow, I still got it, baby. Now I want to ask you. Uh, Oh, so people were trying to bring you to cattle mutilations. That's just weird. Uh, I, and I take it you never you never took them up on their invitation. Well, I was pretty sure that they were BSing me. It's not about going to a cattle mutilation site. I was like, look, if you're investigating cattle mutilations, you're probably one of the guys. <laughs> you could be just, you know, an independent researcher. I mean, Linda Moulton Howe was. Yeah. Uh, she was doing it for the news originally. Um, and by the way, it, Linda does know everything there is to know about cattle mutilations. You can take her as a source on that. Uh, she's actually been to the sites and done the boots on the ground investigation, so she's she's quite intelligent as far as that goes. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of the stuff that she's been spoon-fed, she's been spoon-fed. I don't know what to say. Right, exactly. Well, it's yeah. I don't know. I can't speak to that really. All I can uh, all I can say is it's interesting that they wanted to bring you out there. To, 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 to what do you think would have happened if you had if you had agreed to go along with it? 
I would have gotten to investigate uh, mutilated cattle. I would have at least. Oh, they would have brought you out there. They wouldn't have like. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a BS as far as that went. Right, uh, right. But considering who they are, or who they probably are, I'm pretty sure that they would try and sell me a bunch of BS along with it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 If anything, maybe they would have done it themselves. They were like, <laughs> they so. So they probably were pissed because they're like, dude, we just cut up this cattle, and Bruce didn't even take us up on the offer to go out and see it. Now now we're stuck with, like, a dead cow on our hands. Oh, we might even have been a legitimately UFO-mutilated cow. We do get them out here. That's an ongoing thing. Yeah. Uh, I have met people. Uh, there was one guy who probably was legitimate. Uh, he was the boyfriend of one of the actresses that cut her in a playhouse. And uh, he kind of latched onto me when he found out what I was on to. But I thought, you know, I don't know if, if this guy is one of the boys or not. Right, right. Uh, so we'll just kind of avoid that. Yeah, it's probably best. If a stranger invites you to do something like that, you really don't. <laughs> I guess if you're a particularly daring individual, you might. But I don't know. I, I at least bring a friend along, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anything untoward would happen to me. Uh, the worst that would happen is I'd waste the day going out and uh, maybe checking a legitimately mutilated cow. Uh, which would be interesting, but, you know, I can do without listening to a lot of horseshit along with it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No pun intended, right? No pun intended. There you go. Um, so I don't bounce around too much. So Kip Carbone, he asked about the chamber. He he wanted to know about – you mentioned this in your email too, so clearly this is popular. Uh, Injustice, he says he worked on Injustice, Gods Among Us. He wonders if you still play and if you're playing Injustice 2. Do I ever? Is this one of the like the programmers, one of the guys that came up with it? I don't know. He just says he worked on it, so I'm not sure. But then, before I say that, before I finish that, another emailer later, Klaus Hager, in uh, Berlin, Germany, he he wants to know, and it's almost a standoffish way. He says, if he's so good at injustice as he says, why doesn't he participate in Evolution, the biggest fighting game tournament in the world? So, uh, are you still playing Injustice, and how come you're not, or are you involved with Evolution, the biggest fighting game tournament in the world? I don't know. I, any, know. I don't know what like half of this shit means. So, I didn't know about Evolution. Uh, I haven't actually played online because they charge you ten bucks a month to do that. Mm. Uh, and once once I've got a little bit better income, I might actually do that. Uh, injustice, uh, I kill an Injustice. Yeah. My Batman alone has got like twenty first places in different battles, including the Spotlight and the JLA Special. Uh, Red Hood's got about 10 first places. Uh, got the first place in the spotlight with 17 out of the 35 characters that are currently playing. Uh, matter of fact, I'm trying to get another one of those back in the next couple of days. Uh, I got knocked down to second place with Superman. I'm going to get the first place back. <laughs> all right, all right. So, so wait a minute. You, but you don't play online, right? So how do you? So is that, that means you can't play other people. Is that how it works? Right at present. Okay. Uh, like I said, once I've got a little bit better uh, income, then I'll, I might look at actually uh, going ahead and buying PS4 Plus uh, because they charge you 10 bucks a month just to do that. They didn't used to. They do now. That's how they get you. Okay, so these That's people, right. they can't they can't, uh, they can't, can't fight you yet on there. No. These are all the uh, multiverse battles, as they call them. They've got, I don't know, a good 200 multiverse battles that rotate in and out on a regular basis. Uh, those I kill in. Yeah, and I really do need to get online because I need to show everyone what I can do. Yeah, well, you, have you heard of this like thing, esports? I'm surprised uh, if you're good, you could probably get mixed up with this uh, esports. It's like it's like professional gaming. Oh yeah, I should definitely be involved in that. Everyone has told me I should be doing that. 
Well, they get paid good money, so you might, you might, you know, you might get online and be like, you know, some kind of uh, powerhouse. Yeah, I, I should very seriously consider that because everyone has told me that. Everyone knows my record. I can show it to them. They can look at the PlayStation and say, look, there I am. Bam, 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 bam. I'm all hell over it. Do you have a username I, people I, could look for? That or I mean, it's uh, up to you. I don't want to. Well, my handle is Suvradon, S-U-V-R-A-D-A-N. Uh, if you were on a PlayStation 4, this wouldn't apply to Xbox. Uh, so I don't know how I'd compare with the scores on the people on Xbox. Uh, but on the PS4, just look for the name Suvradon on top of most of the list. I'm all the hell over the place. How do you spell it again? S-U-V-R-A-D-A-N. Oh, so su- S-U-V-R-A-D-A-N? A-N, right. Superdom. all right. Interesting. Okay. Well, then people who are into this into this game can look for it, I guess. Maybe they'll find out. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know shit about this stuff. So. Well, if they doubt me. <laughs> the, the weird <laughs> part was me? like, that, I don't doubt you. I don't know you, but I don't, I don't know anything, you know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know shit about this stuff. So to me, it's like, how how did two people? This must be popular. If two, we only got like six people sending in questions this year. So it's like two out of the six, a third of the people mentioned this injustice thing. So maybe I should be. Injustice Two is a great game. Game. It's highly addictive. Uh, it's a, injustice. The first injustice was a hell of a lot harder in the battles. I have to say that. Uh, but I kind of like that they softened up a little bit. Uh, people don't get the crap beat out of them now when they go into the hardcore battles. They're still the hard. You know, you still have to work at them. Yeah. But it's not quite the same. Uh, it doesn't frustrate you as badly as the first one did. And um, I don't have many complaints about it. It's really a fabulous game. I do wish they had more skins so that you could uh, vary the look of your characters a little bit more like they had in the first one. Yeah. Um, but they do have the gear thing that does enable you to change their appearance quite a bit. That's nice. Uh, they have way too many cage matches. Like a third of the arenas are cage matches. It's way too many. But aside from that, um, it's really a fantastic game. It's highly addictive and a great deal of fun. Interesting. All right. And it, does it involve superheroes, I take it? Oh, yeah. It, it's not only got a hell of a lot of DC superheroes. Uh, they've got two Mortal Kombat characters in there. They have Raiden and um, Sub-Zero. Uh, Hellboy just joined the roster. I took first place with him, too. Oh, Hellboy, wow. him. <laughs> And I love Hellboy, so I'm having a good time with him. So how does this game, is it like Mortal Kombat, or, or, or are you like out doing missions and shit? It's like Mortal Kombat. And mind you, in the online stuff, they do sort of have missions, but I haven't done any of that, so I can't really speak to it. Um, and I, I kind of would like to get involved in some of those, because you can win a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. Interesting. But, um, it, yeah, it's very much like Mortal Kombat. All right. So you just okay. That's pretty cool. I'll have to check it out. But I don't have I don't have one of those newfangled game systems though, so I can't really. Uh, I, I think I think I think I'm up to like a PS3, so I'm probably not even. Eligible. Man, the PS4 the PS4 is definitely worth it. There's one thing I missed from the PS3, which was my gateway drug to fighting games, and that was Capcom versus SNK2. That thing was so much fun. I used to top the list on that every day too. Uh, it, the list changed every day. They had the same battles of. But every day it would rotate depending on you know who was playing, what scores they got. Yeah. Practically every day I had a first place, and I always had like five in the top ten in the uh, group fighting, in the group fighting, team fighting I should say. Team fighting is where you pick three fighters and put them together. And if I am talking to an Injustice 2 programmer, you guys should really put this function into Injustice 2. 
they do it in the mobile one. I don't know why they do it, don't do it on the console, uh, where you, you pick a team. You put three fighters together, and you go up against three fighters, and last man standing wins. Uh, you put them whatever whatever order you want. As soon as your first fighter drops, your second one goes in. When the second fighter drops, third goes in. Whoever has the last fighter standing wins the match. They win the tournament. That was tons of fun. I just love doing that. Interesting. All right. Well, check it out. Well, if Kip Carbone is, uh, if Kip Carbone really did work on Injustice, uh, shoot me an email and I'll I'll pass it along to Bruce so he can. Uh, I'm sure you'd want to talk to somebody who helped create the game, right? Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't see it. why you wouldn't if you love the game, right? That makes no sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. My compliments to all of you guys. You guys are fantastic. Yeah. We don't know if we extend those compliments to Kip yet. He may not. He may have just worked on the artwork of the game or something. So we need, to, we well, need more information. Too. We need more information. <laughs> yeah, whatever whatever he had to do with it. If he had some part of it, then I salute him. All right, it's all right, fantastic fine. game. I love it. That's All right, fine. It's Ruck's giving. I'll salute him, too. Nice job, Kip. So let us know what you did. Uh, Kirk Walker will jump around to another topic that's uh, that's I wouldn't call it near and dear to our hearts, but definitely something connected to to Bruce and and the uh, and his history on the program. Uh, Kirk wants to know what's the reason for so many mass shootings, and of course, uh, longtime Rucks heads will remember that you were at the Aurora shooting uh, by chance, by happenstance. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll, 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 we can revisit that in a minute because I want to know what what the scene is like nowadays there. But um, what, what, what's your what's your thinking on why there are so many mass shootings nowadays? Because they do they do seem to have gotten worse even this fall. Well, that's a really good question. I'm I have a hard time making sense of that myself. This Vegas one in particular, that was someone's op that must have gone south because they've been trying to sweep that under the rug since it happened, practically the day after. Yeah. Uh, there is no clear narrative on what exactly happened. Still. I mean, you know, we're well past a month, like six weeks after all of this. There's still no established narrative on what happened there. And they're terribly evasive on giving answers. They give contradictory stuff. They have not presented a single piece of evidence that Paddock even fired one of his guns, let alone that any of the bullets from the victims matches to one of them. Right. Uh, that hasn't come out. That should have been out the next day. <laughs> come on. Uh, we got a security guard who isn't a real security guard. Uh, he works for a virtual company that doesn't exist. Or if it does exist, it has to be Department of Defense because it doesn't have a real corporation anywhere. It's, it's online, and that's it. Yeah. This is the guy who miraculously surviving, according to the official narrative, something like a volley of 200 shots through a door at him, miraculously takes a single bullet to the leg that enables him to still walk, uh, and somehow law enforcement isn't immediately on that room. <laughs> before the shooting even takes place. Because it was six minutes before Paddock supposedly opened fire on the crowd. Uh, and when the police did arrive, every single one of them reporting that there were multiple shooters and at a lower level, along with all of the victims, uh, they do a floor-by-floor floor from the bottom up. Well, I'm sorry, wait. Didn't the virtual security guard tell you exactly what room it was? This is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard in my life. And, you know, who's chasing it down? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all. Now, my guess, and this is purely a guess, there happened to be a hell of a lot of VIPs right in that area at that time. Uh, in the concert? You mean watching the concert? No, not at the concert. I mean in that in the Vegas area in that vicinity. Okay, just in, all right, just in Vegas in general, yeah. Uh, and they would include Trump and Pence. 
So this is my guess. Now, without more information, this is just a guess. My guess is that that might have been an op to distract from a coup attempt. Uh, and obviously the coup attempt didn't pull off if that was the case, and it totally went south. And it was just a waste and killed a hell of a lot of people. Uh, that's just a guess. That's a and weird – I haven't heard that theory. So wait a minute. Well, so, you won't. Yeah, no. Well, you no, know, I mean, I, I circulate I, – I, you know, I hang around in a lot of conspiracy realms, so it's not, it's not even one I've heard mentioned anywhere. So that's interesting. So like what? They were going to – they were going to – I don't even know. Fucking like overthrow these dudes and what? And say – how would they use the mass shooting as a distraction though? Well, if, if all law enforcement is drawn to this and if a whole lot of security is drawn to this, then stray bullets might hit somebody else in the interim to follow. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right. Well, I'm pretty sure Trump wasn't in town, like in Vegas when it happened, so um, that would have been – Odd even... coincidence. No, he wasn't. Oh, he wasn't? No, 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 definitely not, No. I don't know where the hell he was, but I know for sure. I know for sure neither one of those guys were in Vegas, so I don't know what. Because um, I mean, I've been digging into this conspiracy on this thing pretty hard, uh, and that 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 would have been like a number one part of the story. But yeah, I, it was my it was my understanding that he was. If he wasn't, then that throws the, the entire theory out the window. Yeah, no, nah, he wasn't. He definitely was not in Vegas at the time. I know that for sure. Because uh, like I said, I definitely that definitely would have been. <laughs> Definitely, I definitely would have heard that. Plus, it was like one in the morning or something. So, I assume he seems like someone who, who even no matter when, would go back to wherever the fuck he. I guess he lives at the White House. So go back to the the, the White House. He didn't seem to stick around with these things. Yeah, but I'm. I'd say I'm like 99.9 percent sure uh, that he was not there. Well, if that's the case, yeah, forget it. The theory's completely off. All right. Well, I I still think that yeah, there's something weird about it. Let's put it that way for sure. Well, Paddock was somebody's operative. I don't think anyone would deny that. He's got agency fingerprints all the hell over him, over his entire resume. So it was somebody's op. It was, but whatever it was, it must not have worked very well. It could not have been a false flag. If it was a false flag, that flag would have waved the very next day, and we'd still be hearing about it. But it hasn't. So right, it right. They would have had some reason for the shooting that, yeah, that's why it couldn't have been a false flag, because... They never gave any fucking reason why it happened. That's a terrible right. false flag. Right. Uh, and we don't have any established narrative at all. What we just have are a hell of a lot of questions, none of which make any sense at all. You know, the answers make no sense. Like I said, I still haven't heard anyone match a single bullet to one of Paddock's guns. I don't even know that he fired a weapon. Well, the thing that struck me as really weird was uh, that um, – if you've seen a lot of these incidents and shit, it's like those pictures of him came out wicked fast, like within like two days. The pictures of him being shot in the head. I don't know if you've seen those. He was set up. Yeah, the guy was set up. He was there all yeah. the But I guess the fact that they, the point for. I'm trying to make is like the fact that they, I mean, dude, I've seen like, I mean, we've seen like, you know, what, probably close to 100 shootings now at this point in the last like decade or so, or at least, I don't know, 50. But enough. Enough that you can't even keep track of them anymore. And, this was the first and only time I've seen, like, some incredibly graphic, intense photo from the crime scene, like, leaked out within 48 hours. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't yeah. know if you, tell, if you know about these. This pic, there's a picture of him, like, with his fucking brains blown out. Yeah, and you can't even see that it's him. <laughs> 
Right. And there right. are bullets. There are neat and bullet pictures of like the hotel room and shit. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's pictures of, of the hotel room, and you know. And, right. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen them, I'm sure. Right. With no clear narrative as to what happened anywhere. Right, right. So to me, it was like when they released the pictures, it was, or, or when they leaked the pictures, it's that kind of struck me as like, okay, something's happening here. You know, there's something happening here beyond what they're telling us because this kind of thing I've never seen happen before. And I can't, like, some people were like, that's that's Vegas police. They just, they took a picture and leaked it out because they were pissed that he did it. It's like, that doesn't make any fucking sense, dude. Like, why would they? <laughs> well, here's a hard word for you, too. This will flash you back to the JFK assassination. A half dozen survivors of the shooting who were at the event went public with it. They were talking about it. They all talked about multiple shooters. A half dozen of those witnesses have now died accidental death in the space of, you know, two, three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed I heard that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a lot of the people who who said there were multiple witnesses, uh, they've died weirdly in the last month. It's pretty strange. I mean, it's really strange. But it's it's really confusing in a sense because, like we're saying here, like there was no – there was no agenda that came out of it, which, like you're saying, it, it suggests that, that there was something else was supposed to happen or, or, or like that it was something that went wrong. I've heard the, pre- the prevalent theory is that he was some kind of arms dealer. And he was, yeah, he was an arms dealer. You can bank on that. And he was selling My the guns is, to somebody, and then the fucking deal went south. And maybe he was, maybe he was with the government, you know, because I guess they sell these guns and put trackers in them and shit, and then they yeah. – it's been suggested that that was a thing that went south. Uh, my only problem with that was there appear to have been multiple shooters. Uh, and as a matter of fact, there was a cabbie, and you can find this on YouTube, there was a cabbie who was at the Mandalay at the time. And before the uh, shooting took place, he started hearing gunshots, so he started recording. You can hear that at least three different firearms, three different automatic firearms, are being employed from three different locations in that recording. While that's taking place, there's nothing happening at the Mandalay. I mean, he's at the Mandalay. There's nothing happening there. But there are these gunshots going on other places, at least three different locations. Uh, Shortly after that, he gets a call from uh, his dispatcher, and uh, the dispatcher is saying something like, well, there appears to be something going on at the Mandalay, some kind of shooting, everyone stay clear of it. And at that point, all the other cats in this company take off. And as a matter of fact, he does too. But he's saying, look, there's nothing happening there. (laughs) So he goes around and drives for a while looking to pick up fares. Then, a short while after that, uh, just a few minutes, all of a sudden these crowds of people come charging out from the concert. And he picks three or four of them up that jump into his cab. <clears throat> and they just say, drive anywhere, just get the hell out of here, you know. So, you know, he drove them to the nearest uh, hospital or way station or hotel, I don't remember which. It was like a 20-minute video. And then he was just recording from, you know, his phone. Yeah. Uh, but the point is, you can hear that there are three different guns being employed from three different locations. There's no mistaking that. They're completely different sounds. Uh, and you can hear the echoes coming from different places. So the the official narrative is just BS. And was Paddock an arms dealer? Of course he was. That's why he had all the guns up there. Uh, he had met with people. Now, that's barely in dispute. Uh, there were in, uh, hotel employees that heard conversation with someone there. Someone used his card to go up in uh, to his room while he was there. Uh, there were there was a phone charger uh, in the room that did not match to any of his phones. 
there was someone else there. Uh, why did he have all those guns there, and why was no one concerned? He was a damn arms dealer, for crying out loud. He was showing his wares. So, yeah, that could have been a sting operation that went south, but I find it odd that there would have been multiple shooters at multiple locations if that was the case. Yeah. I would think that these guys would just take him out and get the hell out of Dodge. Well, it was something weird, that's for sure. Yeah. It was an op and it went south, whatever it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the risk of being too conspiratorial, it feels like we're – feels like the country's in the midst of like uh, – of a secret civil war of sorts. We've been that way since 9/11. Yeah, but I think it's like worse than I think that like I think like Trump getting elected or has has sort of like kicked us into you know the next stage of whatever this uh, internal civil war is. If that makes any sense, like it's some kind of like battle within the deep state. And I would even I even think I, like I a think lot of these I think a lot of I these like you're... sexual harassment things that are coming out now are are part of it in a sense. Where it's like some of these people, I think, are being like strategically taken out, you know. Like, that is possible. I mean, you don't need to that fucking murder Charlie Rose if you can get like eight women to, you know. And maybe he, maybe he is up to no good. I don't know, but you know, it's it's less. It's it's more like it's more like what 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 they chose to, what, who they choose to run and who they choose to mention. You know what I'm saying? Where yeah. it's like, okay, let's because I mean, there's a lot of other people that are that have been implicated in these things over the last few weeks, but you don't see nearly as much stuff. But then all of a sudden it's somebody like a Charlie Rose, and that's like the number one, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that could be targeted. One of the stories that doesn't get out about Trump too much, but one of the things that he was uh, actively involved in very early on uh, was rounding up pedophile rings in Washington, D.C. and other places and going after sex offenders. Who's this? Charlie Rose. Who? Trump was having the Justice Department round up a hell of a lot of people. Oh, really? Uh, it, didn't, it didn't have anything to do with roads. It had to do with uh, organized pedophile rings and stuff like that, especially in Washington, D.C. doesn't get talked about a lot, but he was pretty busy doing that, and I'm sure he still is. And that might be why we're hearing so much about the sex offender business coming out right now. I don't know. I didn't hear anything about that, so I don't know. Uh... It doesn't make the news much. Yeah, I would imagine, yeah. <laughs> Um, so why do you think there's all these mass shootings then, to get back to Kirk's question? Conspiracy theory, at least from the right, is that it's an attempt to force gun legislation to round up all the guns you know, and take away the, that amendment. Um, if that were the case, it would have happened a long time ago. I mean, how many of these do you have to have before that's going to happen, if it's going to happen? And it right. hasn't. So I don't think that's what it is. Uh, as to why... I really don't know. I'm pretty damn sure that the Century 16 was a foreign terrorist operation, and I think Columbine was too. And it's possible that certain other ones are also, and certainly they would not want that news uh, getting out. They would not want people to know that. It would have lit on it as quick as possible and investigated as intensely as they could behind the scene get to the bottom of it. And I don't blame them for that. I would do the exact same thing. That yeah. makes perfect sense to me. So it's possible that that's what this was, and this could have been a sting operation that went south. It could be any number of different things. All I know is it was definitely an op. It definitely went south, and they've been trying to sweep it under the rug ever since. Yeah. Well, I wonder. It definitely seems very much like sort of like the big the big conspiracy theories of these shootings that come up every now and again, where it's like uh, the ones that seem to make the least amount of sense wind up sort of sticking. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah, of the, course they do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. But <laughs> what's like, going on here? Like the uh, the shooting at the at the at the school there. Like that's like uh, you know, there's so many weird unanswered questions about that that you have to fill in the blanks and it becomes like fodder for conspiracy theories. So who knows? Yeah, of course. If you don't give answers, plainly conspiracy theories are going to get tossed out. You have to give them plain answers. Answers that check. And we haven't even been given bogus answers. We don't have, we don't have answers that we can check. Yeah. You notice that no one talks about it anymore. Notice something else. Nobody believes the official story when it comes to Las Vegas. I don't know a single person that believes the official story from Las Vegas. And that's the weird part about this one in a sense, too, because it was like most of these conspiracy theories people don't want to like give any time to, but it seems like the predominant opinion from people uh, watching the Vegas thing unfold was like that there was something fishy about it, you know? Like, I don't think anybody fucking believes the, the official story, yeah. Yeah, fishy from frame one, it got fishier after, and it just gets fishier, so they keep burying the smell. And, and now it's it, like they don't even, no one talks about it, so no one even, right. you know, it's completely out of the fucking news. There's already been like two or three more shootings. For God's sakes, that's how fucked up this is. Yeah. Yeah, I hear about shootings so often, it's, it's impossible to keep track of them anymore. Yeah. There are just too many of them. Right, it, right. It doesn't prevent me from going out. I still go to the grocery store, and I'll go to the movies or whatever, and that, it, it doesn't change my lifestyle. I know we live in a very dangerous world. I know this shit takes place. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why. In some instances, I can posit, you know, like foreign terrorist things. I don't think that's that common, but I do think it does happen. Um, so, yeah, what the reason for all of this is, I really couldn't tell you. But it is bizarre that we have such a rash of them. Right, right. I think, I do think that, you know, I've I've talked to Lauren Coleman about this. He wrote this seminal book, uh, The Copycat Effect. There's a, there definitely is, certainly not in all these things, but definitely, like, the media has played a huge part in all this, too, because it's just like, even if some of these are terrorist attacks and other ones are, like, government ops and shit, there's still, like, a group of people that do this shit just because they've been con- they they've been conditioned that this shit's like fucking normal almost, you know? That this is that this right. is an option if you're a crazy ass. It's like, right. it's like it never used to be. It wasn't, you know, it was unthinkable. It was like heinous. Now it's like it happens all the time, so these fucking people are like, "Well, fuck it, I'll just become a shooter. Fuck fuck the world," you know? Well, look, serial murder was like that too. I mean, back in the 50s and 60s, if you found a serial killer, that was news. I mean, that just did not happen very often. Right. But there's a rash of them now. <laughs> there's a hell of a lot of them. And there have been for, you know, at least two or three decades. Uh, it's it vastly on the increase. It's like, why? Is it just the Malthusian curve? We have more people now, so we're seeing more of that pop up? I mean, I can't say. But it's definitely an epidemic. There are a hell of a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think – I I – I really shirk at, like, the idea – I don't get people that are, like, uh, who think that this is, like, some kind of scheme to take away the guns. Because it's like, dude, that – you know. Well, I mean, dude, like you're saying, you're almost 60. I'm almost 40. Like, I've been watching these things happen for, like, over a decade. That was what they were saying, like, 10 years ago. It's like – as somebody pointed out, it's like if, if a dude can go in and shoot a room full of, like, fucking kindergartners and they don't do anything about the guns, like, they're just not – you know, there've been two different heinous church shootings, dude. Like they're not gonna fucking, they're not gonna take away the fucking guns. Like people need to yeah. stop worrying about that. If they were going to do it, it would have happened long before now. Exactly. So I don't really, I never understood that whole thing where it's like 
They're doing it to take away the guns. Like, dude, they're fucking, you know, when's the last time they tried to take away your guns, dude? Like, never. So, you know, chill out. Look for a different they barely, reason. They barely even put more restrictions on them. Yeah, yeah, they have to, like, fight tooth and nail, uh, you know, just to get, you know, the little slightest the guy that shot up the church. <laughs> the guy that shot up the church was Air Force. He was ex-Air Force, and he was apparently kind of a Section 8 when he was in. You know, why was he in in the first place? And he goes and shoots up a church. Dude, I don't know what to say. This guy does not pass the screening test, and you were hanging on to it. And I don't remember if he had an honorable discharge or what the circumstance was, but, you know, plainly, uh, your screening has dropped a bit. Yeah, there was something there. They were supposed to they were supposed to put him on a list, and they never got around to it. That's how ridiculous it is. So it's like, you know. And then again, it's like they were supposed to put him on a list. They never got around to it. Um, clearly suggesting that there needs to be much greater oversight in the process, right, obviously. But it's like nothing, yeah. nothing's <laughs> been done. <laughs> They've already no, moved thing, on. One thing has been done. One thing has been done. They've lowered their standards. That's not even a joke, that it's not facetious. I mean, they actually did lower their standards. They're taking wrist cutters now and people with uh, psychological problems because they're just that desperate to put people in uniform. They oh, yeah, no, no, no. I mean the process to put somebody on the list. Like, they should have th- – th- there was a paperwork mishap that the guy never got on the can't-buy-guns list or whatever. And it was like, okay, they should probably look into fixing that. But it's like they're not fucking yeah. looking into fixing that even. <laughs> yeah, I, I would kind of do that too sweet. You know, one of these pops up, say, we do that today. Yeah. Get that done today. Like, as far as I can tell, there hasn't been any motion to to actually, um, to, you know, to, to look into why this guy missed, didn't get on the list. So we don't have any, we don't have any reason for the mass shootings, Kirk. So we, we, uh, what, now what's the story with the, with the, with the theater there? What's, I forget, I feel like you told us this before, but what's. Maybe they've cleaned it up since or whatever. Like, what's the is it? What's in that room now? Is it a memorial? Is it a regular movie theater with a plaque or something? Or what? What's at that theater? It's a regular movie theater with a plaque. They uh, up the theater. It's got IMAX in it now. Um, they do have a plaque. I haven't been to the theater since they put the plaque up. Uh, it has nothing to do with being afraid of getting shot up. I just haven't been to the theater. Or if I was, I think I did, I did see a couple of movies after the shooting, but I they didn't have a plaque up by then. Not that I remember. I gotta dispatch you to check out the plaque, dude. You were part of this historic story. You need to, you need to check out the plaque. Yeah, I do need to check out the plaque. Uh, I mean, if I ever come visit you, we'll, we'll check it out. What'd you say? That was just a bizarre night. Yeah. I, mean, I know there were conspiracy theorists to say that didn't happen either. I have to say this much: I was there, and we were in the theater. We were in the theater 16, which is behind the box office at the front of the theater. Uh, there's a lobby between us and the rear of the theater. The two theaters that got shot up were the theaters in the back on the other side of the lobby closest to us. None of us heard a gunshot. None of us saw a drop of blood. None of us saw a damn thing. We were standing around with our thumbs up our butts thinking that some dumbass had pulled the fire alarm. Right. Uh, no one was in a panic until, you know, <laughs> the entire crisis division of uh, Colorado showed up. Uh, so we, we really had no idea what the hell was going on. I do believe there was a shooting there and a lot of people died. But we did not see or hear a damn thing. You were not a crisis actor, right? No. I'm not <laughs> a crisis a actor. <laughs> <laughs> that, you would be, that would be like a crisis actor extra, 
where it's just yeah. like. But if I was a crisis actor, I'd be telling you about the horrible scene I saw. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, exactly. That's why I said you're a cri- you'd be a crisis actor extra. So they'd be yeah. like, you're not. You don't have any lines. You're just in the back. In the background, they didn't give you like fifty bucks when it was over, and they were like, "Hey, thanks for thanks for going to the movies tonight." Right. <laughs> oh man, did you have to? Here's a ridiculous question, though. But did you have to? You had to leave the movie like in the middle of the movie when it happened, or? Yes, we did. Did you get I your money pissed. back for the movie, or was that just a chalked up to a, a loss? They would. Uh, they gave us the money back if we wanted to bring our ticket stubs. I would. I'd rather keep the ticket stubs. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. That's that's funny. All right. Um, We talked about the recent new discoveries in the Great Pyramid. So there's uh, nothing else there to talk about. Klaus Hager, he busts your balls about injustice and wants to know why you don't do the Evolution fighting tournament. Um, I'll look into Evolution. Yeah. And uh, getting into PS4, I I really should because I could get into – I could actually make some money doing this PS. They have like – I don't know if you looked into it, but they have like whole teams and shit. You know, you I know. could be, you could, they make like real money, some of these people. They're mostly kids, but I assume you could get into the scene. I don't I know why. I am the oldest player in Injustice, yeah. There you go. You could be like a human interest story. Yep. <laughs> they actually show it on TV. I don't really, you know, I don't know if they, if they, if Injustice is involved with this esports, but I would assume if it's this popular, it must be. Oh, I'm sure it is. I know they have tournaments. They have tournaments in New York and Chicago and L.A. and stuff like that because I get notifications all the time. Yeah. Um, okay, here's – here's all right, Klaus has a complicated question, so we, we'll get into this. He, uh, we're going to jump now. We'll jump now to Mars. We're going to Mars. Uh, he all mentions right. the distinct possibility of satellites to Mars. This is you. You mentioned this in uh, Architects. Uh, the distinct possibility of satellites to Mars, officially losing contact but inofficially still being operated. Uh, I think he's thinking a lot about that Russian one. Remember that one that kind of, they said it got hit by a, a rock? Probably too. Yeah, yeah. He says, in regards to this, what's your opinion of modern Mars exploration, like the Opportunity rover, in contrast to what shadow factions might already know? It surely suggests a type of secret space program. I do believe there's a secret space program, which is just officially part of the space program. There are people who know what's going on and people who don't. Um amazingly, you'll notice most of our Mars probes seem to do pretty damn well anymore. They also don't appear to be carrying weaponry. <laughs> so that would make a major difference. Uh, Phobos 2 was carrying an ion beam emitter that officially was going to be used to pulverize part of the surface of Phobos, uh, collect the material, and analyze it. That's perfectly legitimate, and they probably even intended to do that. But it's also a state-of-the-art weapon. It was part of Star Wars weaponry, uh, to the point that uh, a lot of people in the American government were complaining to Reagan that uh, the Russians were using this as uh, an excuse to practice some of their state-of-the-art Star Wars weaponry. And Reagan overrode that. So the thing could definitely be used as a weapon, no question of that. And that probe... Uh, on its way to its destination, bam, it encounters a UFO, it is impacted officially, and then it spins off into space. That is the official explanation for what happened to it. Yeah, yeah. So we don't appear to be sending weaponry up anymore, which I think is advisable. Uh, You don't want to go around poking tigers with short sticks. That's kind of stupid. Yeah. 
But so, that's my guess as to why we're we're having much more success with our Mars probes anymore. A tremendous amount of material does actually come out. Uh, a lot of stuff is posted online, and I do look at a lot of that. Uh, some of it, uh, people will fancy seeing things uh, and say, well, maybe that's there, maybe it's not. That's probably just imagination. Um, there is what looks like uh, the top of a pyramid uh, that's kind of buried in the sand in one of those shots and very definitely looks like a pyramid. No two ways about it. Yeah. I mean, a four-sided pyramid like we have down here. Uh, there are some shots that show what look very much to be like trees near lakes um, or even rivers. And I'm not sure what that is. That uh, Some of that could just be trigger light and shadow. I'll, I'll admit that straight up. But, damn, it really looks a hell of a lot like uh, the timber line from uh, Trail Ridge Road in Colorado. Yeah. It's very, very similar. It's kind of frustrating in a sense. I don't know. I talked about this on the show with somebody before, but uh, it's worth revisiting. It's like, especially... Uh, you told me now. You told me how old you are. It's like, dude, we, I'm all, like I said before. I'm like, I'm almost forty. You're almost sixty. I don't even, I don't even know if we're gonna live long enough to see them fucking do anything cool on Mars. You know, they're going so fucking slow. We're not gonna get there. <laughs> Let me just call. Oh the game wait, on. are we talking about how you're a moon, a moon hoax? Well, that's part of it. I'm not even sure we've been to the moon. And if we have been to the moon, what we saw, what we saw on TV was not what what was actually being seen. That's if we got there. I really don't believe we can make it to Mars. I just don't. Uh, I have not yet heard a sufficient logistic explanation for how we can handle all the various problems of getting there. And I keep waiting for it. So, you know, explain the, the, the program to me. Explain the process. I'm very curious. I'm interested. They haven't done that. They just keep saying, well, this is our plan. We're going to do it 20 years. Look, they were saying that back in the 1950s. They were saying it, Hell, they were saying it back in the 1940s after World War II. I can say for certainty they've been saying it, like, for at least 20 years that I can remember them talking about going to fucking Mars. It's like yeah. – so, so to me, it's very – yeah, it's very frustrating, regardless of whether there's a secret space program or not. It's like – it just drives me crazy as a, as a human being. It's like, why are we, you know, setting aside the, the possible – I don't see why they would keep it a secret if you can't leave the planet. I feel like they would – Tell us, you know, although now they can't because of the moon, if there was a moon hoax. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is like, why, you know, they need to explain why we haven't, we're not trying to, to explore. It's like the human nature, you know, it drives me crazy. We have, we have a great deal of success with our probes. The real problem is manned space flight. Uh, so the cosmic radiation is the biggest problem. And that's the one that, that no one really addresses properly. Uh, cosmic radiation is extremely serious. The Van Allen belt alone would probably kill you if you went through it one way. <laughs> and I'm not sure how they did that if they ever did that. Uh, I have heard some explanations. I've talked to people at NASA. I thought there was and, and like an explanation them, for the Van Allen belt argument. I'm sure there is. I mean, I'm sure they've offered one. You don't agree with it? Well, what, what's the official explanation? I'd like to hear which official explanation. I don't have any idea. I'm not a moon hoaxer, so I don't know. But I'm sure that it's been explained by scientists but maybe you know but i don't i mean i don't know i think their explanation is that there are holes in the van allen belt and you can go through those uh, i question that uh i do know i've talked to some people at nasa and some of them have this, the exact same question and i wonder too um the best answer for dealing with radiation is ceramics uh, because they're lightweight and uh, they don't have to be as dense i mean you can't use lead shielding it's just way too heavy uh, and you need too much of it. Ceramics, 
would probably deal with a lot of it, but I'm not sure how much of it it could actually handle. It's certainly the most promising avenue of uh, exploration for dealing with cosmic radiation, and it's not just the Van Allen belt. If you're traveling all the way to Mars, we're talking about an average, like, 150 million miles, okay? And it's <laughs> it's a great distance. Um, with nuclear propulsion, and we do know that we've had nuclear propulsion since at least the uh, last Apollo shots. Uh, NASA finally admitted to that, like, 20 years ago. Um well, when the Cassini probe business came out, they admitted, well, look, we've had nuclear propulsion for a long time. Where, on the one hand, they would openly admit that, and on the other, they'd say, oh, if we only had nuclear propulsion, you'll still find science books that say, too bad we don't have nuclear propulsion in space. No, they've admitted they have it. <laughs> okay. They have it on the satellites, yeah. Right. We use nuclear propulsion. Okay. Uh, with nuclear propulsion, uh, in a year like this especially, this coming year we should have a hell of a lot of UFO activity. Mars is going to be parked right next to Earth. It's zooming on its way toward us right now. As uh, a matter of fact, right about my birthday, it's going to be right next door to Earth. What day is your uh, birthday? Uh, July 23rd. All right. So uh, right about the third or fourth week of July, Mars is going to be 34, 35 million miles away from us. That's as close as it gets ever. So you think there will be a lot of uh, UFO activity? There will definitely be a lot of UFO activity. Uh, anytime Mars is close to Earth, guaranteed, there will be a lot of UFO activity. That's when it, it, the chart is as regular as a heartbeat. You can check the charts out. Jacques Vallée mapped them out back in 1965 and 66, and has held since he came up with it. So, yeah, it will definitely be a big UFO year. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. We got off on a tangent, but, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think we'll – I don't think you and I will see, like – any anything closely resembling like uh, you know a colony on Mars or anything, you know, we we're may if we're if we're really, <laughs> what's that? We're not going to land on Mars. I'd, I'd bank on that. You know, I just say in our lifetime, I give the human race beyond that. But I'm just saying, you, you and I, we're not going to see you and I. Yeah, exactly. So let's not. Hundred years you know, from now, maybe. Sure. But what I'm saying is, you and I, there's no way. We'll be if we're really if we're really lucky, we'll see like uh, the classic moon landing scene, but on Mars, you know. But like that you'll you'll nice. probably be like eighty, and I'll be like your age. I'll be like sixty, you know. Like that that's nice. it's gonna be another twenty years before they can even fucking do that scene. Yes. I mean, look, this is the funny thing. And remember when Bush took office, uh, Bush Jr. He was saying we want to make it to the moon in twenty years. <laughs> Say okay. We want to make it to the moon in 20 years, but we made it in 1969, and we somehow lost all the technology to get there? <laughs> yeah, and they say all that shit where they're like, oh, they sent a man to the moon with, a, with the same technology that's on your phone. It's like, well, why the that's fuck right. did they send him again? You know? Like, <laughs> Jesus, with a phone. Like, if it's that easy. Uh. Yeah, I know. That's what's so funny. It's all these contradictory statements that come out or things that, that you know, they logically just do not match. We have mutually exclusive propositions here. If we made it to the moon in 1969, we have to be able to make it to the moon very quickly today, if that was a really our goal. It wouldn't take us 20 years to make another Saturn V. Yeah, it does not. And I, I'm sure there's people listening, although they may not listen to the show because they – why we, it would just be to hate listen. But I'm sure there's, like, people listening who can explain to us why – they haven't gone back to the moon, but I'm sorry, like no, no excuse uh, holds water with me. It is ridiculously expensive. That is one thing. <laughs> I suppose, the but they spend, is, you know, if, if it, 
would have presumably gotten cheaper if they had just kept the investment going. That's the, you know, but maybe these, maybe these private space industry, maybe that's the whole. Well, maybe those guys the, are saying the same thing we are, and but they have billions of dollars, so they're like, you know, well, fuck it. If they're not going to do it, we'll build the Saturn V and go. There is this. Uh, Homer Hickam, who used to work at NASA, wrote a novel about this. He came up with the exact same way to go to the moon that I did, with one improvement that I hadn't thought of. Uh, and I was pleased to discover, I read his novel, and I said, damn, that's the exact same plan I came up with, to go to the moon. Super easy. In theory, now that we have the shuttle, it should not be harder to fly to and from the moon. It should only be a little bit harder to fly to and from the moon than it is to fly to and from Cairo, really, uh, just using the shuttle. If you could establish uh, a landing base on the moon, uh, if you could do that with the shuttle, you should be able to make it to the moon and back. Uh, you would have to have, of course, uh, refueling and all that, but you can, you can manage that. Uh, you can set up fueling stations with satellites, so to speak. So, yeah, in theory, we should probably be able to get to the moon relatively easy. Uh, there are logistical problems. Like I said, you'd have to have a place that you could land. Uh, you'd need to be able to set up a base uh, so that you could make it to and from. It would still be a tricky proposition, but it could be done. And I know that I'm not alone in that because Homer Hickam said the exact same thing. Yeah. It was the exact same plan I came up with. I was really pleased about that. So, again, I'm not sure how we got oh, on Mars and uh, getting to Mars and shit. Yeah. So if there is a secret space program, what do you think they're doing? Especially if they can't leave the planet. They are very busily trying to leave the planet. <laughs> <laughs> nice. let's, let's just say they're doing it more efficiently than, than what we see, uh, if there is that secret space program. That and I, uh, quite frankly, I think the secret space program is at war with Mars, uh, or some of the Mars. Nice. So with Martians, then? That's right. Wow. I think there's a, a substantial part of our Pentagon but the Pentagon is not stupid. They know this. At least the top brass know this. And it does get talked about in joint chief meetings. They are fully aware of Mars. They know all about it. Uh, and a good number of them are scared shitless about it and have been from the beginning. Uh, and an, another good number of them, usually from the intelligence community, and I have met one or two of them, uh, would frankly like to publicize things as much as I publicize things. But they can't. Uh, they are bound. You know, they're bound to gag. They can't say anything. Uh, I know I do have a few fans in the intelligence community. I've spoken with a couple of them. So, and they intimated to you that what you that they agree with you and they want to tell people that we're at war with Mars. Uh, they don't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they'll kind of admit that round the by, uh, but they would like to be able to talk about what they know very, very much and share it with everybody. Uh, that's not all of them. A good number of them don't, and a good number of them do. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you know, people are people, and policies are policies, but that doesn't mean that everyone agrees with policy. Well, uh, that raises the question, though, because you were talking earlier about the Lindemold and how Rick Doty stuff, and it's like, how do you know these aren't just Rick Doty types giving you the, uh, you know, giving you the runaround? I wouldn't. I wouldn't know it. But it, it does not conflict with my reason to believe that there are people in the intelligence community who would like to see it publicized. I know there are people at NASA who would like to see it publicized, and a lot of them down public. 
Uh, Otto Binder was one of them, for instance. He's a science fiction writer and comic book writer. He, he invented Bizarro in Superman, as a matter of fact. Yeah. So I love him. <laughs> he was one that was talking about it. Uh, Maurice Chatelaine was another. Now, there have been people at NASA who have openly talked about UFOs. I mean, just very bluntly. Oh, for sure. That's, uh, that's, a, that, that's you know. I'm sure there's a lot of people in NASA who know something more than they want to say, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, they, I'm sure they like hear shit and see shit that's not, you know. Of course they do. And when they do, they get debriefed, just like anybody in the military. That's where you pull them aside and you say, look, you can't talk about this. <laughs> we can tell you X amount about it. We can't tell you Y and Z amount about it, but we can tell you X amount about it and don't talk about it. It's right. policy. Don't use the word conspiracy. Use the word policy. When someone says conspiracy theory, you just say policy. It is not conspiracy to conceal UFOs. It is policy to conceal UFOs. So use whatever word you want, but that's what it amounts to. Yeah. I wanted to mention also uh, Gaston Clement asked us about the recent discoveries of the Great Pyramid. So he, him and Kip Carbone brought it up. Uh, and let me see what else Klaus talked about. So we kind of we kind of talked about the secret space program uh, idea. He says uh, he wants to know. He mentions at the end of uh, Ruxgiving 2015, he puts with a question mark. So it's like who can keep track? I agree. Who can keep track of all these Ruxgivings? I don't. You know. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's the holiday tradition like no other. So, at the end of one of our, our previous Ruxgivings, you hinted that you had tried remote viewing. It would be very interesting to hear more about this. I am interested as well. So, so you've you've tried. You, I guess you mentioned that you you dabbled in uh, RV. Well, I think I may have intimated it. Um, I think what happened was you asked you said uh, something about remote viewing. Uh, said if you'd ever done remote viewing, and I said uh, what what makes you think I haven't. And you laughed. It's like we have to get into that. <laughs> That's what I remember. That was, uh, I don't know, three four years ago. Yeah, but I guess we didn't uh, get into it. So what's what? What? Uh, tell me about your remote viewing experiences. Well, uh, I had belonged to a number of occult brotherhoods um, who study psychic phenomena, and we have practiced remote viewing techniques and stuff like that. And yes, we have had some practical results. Uh, I can give you one particular for instance. I'm just going to do that. Sure. There was a particular for instance where uh, we had prepped ourselves and a box was brought out and we were asked to remote view the box and say what its contents were. We all said the same thing. We were all wrong, but we all said the same thing and we were only wrong on one particular. All of us thought that it was uh, sand from Egypt. It was not a, a vial of sand from Egypt. Let me put it that way: a glass vial, worked glass vial. Uh, oh, sand uh, from Egypt. Okay, yeah. Right. It was not sand from Egypt. It was ash from Mount Helens. But all of us got the same reading. That was the funny thing. That's so. Weird. What had happened was, and this is a, a danger in remote viewing. If you remote view something, you want to be careful not to interpret it to zero in on uh, the particulars of it without interpretation. That's the real trick in remote viewing, and that's why they use a double-blind system. The government does it with a double-blind system for that reason. Um, we had gotten correctly that there was a mountain shape, that there was something hot and granular. That was correct. Because we belonged to an occult motherhood, we assumed 
pyramid from the uh, sand from the pyramid, you know, or something like that. Yeah. It was not. But we got the same reading. That's what was funny. So yes, I have dabbled in. Interesting. Now I, I, I feel compelled to ask, what about this? Tell me more about this occult brotherhood. Is this like a like the Freemasons, or is it something more? Uh, I mean, as much as you can tell without losing a pinky or whatever. Um, <laughs> what, what, I actually, what, what I can tell you everything without losing anything. Nice. So tell us about these occult organizations. All right. Well, first off, I might as well get this on the board. Uh, the only reason that we never brought this out before was because we were afraid of conspiracy theorists jumping on us. Uh, but, yeah, I'm a Mason, and I am a Rosicrucian, or at least I was officially a Rosicrucian for a while. I was with Amwork. Um, I still belong to uh, groups that are associated with Amwork, uh, but I'm not officially a member of Amwork and haven't been for, what, about 10 years now, maybe? Amwork? Uh, that's the American Order Rosicrucius. Ah, okay. The Rosicrucians. I was a Rosicrucian. Okay. And I am still a Mason. I don't really go to lodge very often, in fact, barely ever, but I am a Mason. That's why I do a lot of talk at Masonic lodges. And so you got you were doing remote viewing with what? Some buddies of yours from these groups? With the Rosicrucians, yeah. Interesting. We had a lot of interesting exercises. We studied psychic phenomena, and we kind of delved into it a little bit. Oh wow! Now you're trying it. Now I'm thinking about joining the Rosicrucians if they're, if they're hanging around remote viewing and shit. They're a very interesting group. Uh, what's funny about that in the first year. Uh, they send you handbooks. In the first year, if you do the regular practices and all of that, everything that you'll be doing from then on is in those handbooks, all the basic exercises. Uh, Really, you just keep up with them. And if you keep up with them, uh, sometimes you show results. So I keep up with them. Interesting. So like uh, like psychic exercises almost or occult exercises? We had a guest on earlier in the year. Basically, you're stimulating your pineal gland and your psychic organs, so to speak. Yeah. Weird. Interesting. I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about that. That's interesting. (laughs) Um, So, what, you're not involved with them anymore? Why, are you too busy or something? You're too cool for the Rosicrucians? No, too expensive. (laughs) It sounds a bit like Scientology, though. It's not like Scientology? Oh, no, I'm not in Scientology. No, 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 it's, it's not, not all, it it's like not it. All like it sounds like no, it. No, 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 no. Okay. It's not at all like Scientology. Considering you're like talking to me about it and shit, I assume it's not that much like Scientology. No. No, Scientology controls its people, you know, very heavily. They're a cult. Uh, the Rosicrucians are nothing like that. We're more like uh, monks, I think it'd be the best way to put it. We're sort of individual mystics who get together to practice certain exercises. Because uh, there are some things that you can do as a group that it's a little more difficult to do as an individual. You can kind of combine the energies, if you will. Yeah. All right. I'm going to look into it, see maybe if uh, if they would have me. Can I name you as oh, a sponsor? Dear. They're worth looking at. Oh, yeah, you could mention my name. I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. They're a very interesting group. I, I uh, never had any problem with them. I left them solely for financial reasons. All right. This might not help my recommendation, though, now, so don't mention it. <laughs> no, it wouldn't hurt. I don't think it would No, I'm just fucking with you. Um, all right. Well, if you ever, speaking of cults, if you ever want to start a cult, uh, it seems like you could, considering how many people uh, <laughs> rave about well, Rock's giving. Um, I'll tell you this about the Rosicrucians straight up. We take some very solemn oaths, and one of those oaths, one of those oaths is that we will not create cults or support cults. That's good, yeah. 
I should hope, yeah. Well, that should be, it should go without saying. But I was going to say that the, there's one guy that would probably be like your number one guy in the cult, and that's this guy who writes every year with like 8 million questions, Joe V. So, uh, we'll get, we'll, we'll sort of like, he sent too many, I told him, as usual, but, uh, We'll sort of bounce into some of these and, and cover them because they're, they're different topics that I think I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on. First one being Charles Manson. What do you think of Charles okay. Manson dying? Yep. And we no longer have Charlie Manson to kick around anymore. It's pretty crazy, the cultural impact he had on, on the world, in a sense. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, did he. Yeah, did he. In all the wrong ways. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's like he, you know, after after Hitler, it was like he sort of became the the physical, you know, the the iconographic, uh, you know, embodiment of evil in a lot of people's in the zeitgeist. Let's say, you know, what I'm saying. Well, the funny thing about Manson, he never actually killed anybody. Right. Uh, if he had been anyone else, and if it hadn't been such a high profile case, he would have been paroled decades ago. But it was a very high-profile case. He was involved, very definitely, no question to that. He knew all about it, and he masterminded it. Uh, so, yeah, now, there was no question he needed to be locked up. But he was a nobody. He described himself as a nobody. He was just some punk. Uh, he got picked up, probably by some organized crime types. And there's been a lot of speculation on that and quite a bit of uh, factual documentation. Uh, he was probably connected with organized crime. Uh, to some extent, it is possible, if not probable, that the um, Tate LaBianca murders uh, were drug murders or that they were associated with drugs uh, because they owed money. Is that ah, I see, you yeah. make an example. And that uh, Manson was contracted to take care of that business. Uh, it, let's put it this way. It can definitely be interpreted that way. And that was initially what the police investigating the crime thought. Interesting. It could have been both in a sense. He could have like he could have cut the deal on the side and then been like, We gotta make we gotta do this ritual murder uh thing, you know what I'm saying? That was just cover. That was just a mask things. Right, right. But he could have they, they the people that did it might not have known, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they wouldn't have known. He probably wouldn't have cut them cared. in, so it's like see you still gotta get the people to go do it. So <laughs> they wouldn't have known or cared. Yeah. <laughs> um, <his> business. <laughs> Excuse me. Hang in there, buddy. No, I'm fine. See, the problem with Joe V is that it's not just one question. He has like fucking eight sub-questions, but uh, I'm not going to get into the nitty-gritty of the details of these questions. But uh, I I do want to – so you're suggesting he was more mixed up with the mafia than than sort of ideas like an MK Ultra situation? You know, it could be either or. I can't speak with a certainty on that. Uh, There are some possibilities that he might have been hooked up with some kind of government thing. Uh, some offshoot thing. Uh, yeah. look, the government deals drugs, all right? Uh, the CIA is in the drug. And Manson was connected with the Process Church. The Process Church it is hooked up in all the right places with the CIA's drug business, with their international drug business. I'm sure that they were part of it. Yeah. So I'm not at all surprised to... Uh, it, it's not, it wouldn't at all be surprising to me to find out that Manson was involved in that, too. Interesting. Yeah. It's all very murky nowadays anyway. You probably wouldn't even, you know, I think it's had its own mythos built around it. Now that he's gone, it'll, like, even be more, uh, you know, I don't know what you'd call it, but become more part of, like, folklore than even, 
than the than reality, if you will. You know what I mean? Well, I am kind of glad that everyone's thinking about it again, uh, if for no other reason to help put it to bed. Uh, it doesn't hurt to dig that particular case and a number of others up and uh, remember them and try to put them into perspective and uh, shed more light into whatever it was was actually going on. So I don't have a problem with that at all. And I'm not sorry Charlie is gone. Uh, I'm sure he's in a different place now, hopefully a happier one. God knows his life here was not very good, and he did not do good things for people around him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I heard a crazy story that uh, I remember like a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember hearing this, but like it, it got out that like he was on the verge of getting married like uh, about a year ago or so. Um, but then the marriage like fell apart because he found out or someone close to him like found out that the lady, after she married him, uh, was going to <laughs> – was going to wait, like, till he died and then, like, put his body on display like Lennon or whatever, <laughs> and, you know, and, and fucking and make make him into, like, you know, some kind of monument. And, oh, good and, Lord. Yeah, I know. And he fucking, uh, and thankfully he nicks that. <laughs> yeah, monument to what? <laughs> Evil, I guess. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but. Yeah, we'll put his head on our mantelpiece. Yeah, it was very weird. Well, hey, I mean, they she he he still attracted these. Although she seemed more like she had like a like a plan, you know, to take advantage of the situation. But he still attracted a lot of fucking weirdos. I'm sure up to the very oh, last yeah. day. I I don't doubt that at all. I'm sure he had quite a following. Um. All right. Now, do you know anything about grime grime wars? Clue me in. What are grime wars? I don't. I really don't know too much. I think it's like a magical or some shit, but I'll look it up. This is, I, I just, I just sent a message to Jovi. These questions are atrocious. So he really dropped the ball this year. Uh, it's probably some science fiction series or something like that. It's a textbook uh, of magic. No, it's a, t- it's a textbook of magic. Uh, sorry. Oh, grimoires. They. Oh, okay. All right. See. Grimoires. I figured what you would know something. Do you, have you ever looked at the descriptions of various spirits in the grimoire tradition? Sure. You'd have to be much more specific. Uh, he wants to know about summoning beings, summoning uh, beings. Uh. Oh, you want to summon demons? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, a, he's well, an odd little guy, this this Joe B. He wants to know if you've seen anything in your research that aliens can be summoned on demand, I guess is his is the gist of his question. Well, that's actually not a bad question. Uh, no, no, it's can, not. It's just, you know, it's, 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 it's drawn out into a lot of elaborate paragraphs with $5 words that are like, dude, I'm not reading your your thesis on grimoires on the <laughs> on the Rucksgiving special. It's not the Joe V special. So, all right, so so the summoning of, of creatures and whatnot, and demons and aliens. Well, let me put it to you this way. Uh, being a Rosicrucian, if you want to get into the history of the Rosicrucians, most of the Elizabethan court were Rosicrucians. John Dee was a Rosicrucian. Francis Bacon was a Rosicrucian, okay? Uh, John Dee was the mathematician and uh, astronomer and occult maven of the Elizabethan court. Uh, He claimed to have uh, gotten the Enochian alphabet, as he put it, from beings from the sky. Now, you can read anything you want into that. Uh, He also claimed he could scry in glass, and he may have been able to. That's possible. Uh, Or he did with uh, Edward Kelly anyway. That was his scryer. Um, it's possible that he was able to do that. Uh, in any event, uh, the Enochian alphabet, if you actually look at it, this would be John Dee's grimoire, okay? If you look at his grimoire, 
what it actually is is a trigonometric table <laughs> because you couldn't study advanced math in uh, Elizabethan England. You could be burned at the stake for witchcraft for studying advanced mathematics. It's not a joke. Wow. Uh, which didn't keep John Dee or any of the Rosicrucians from studying advanced mathematics because that's what they did. Francis Bacon came up with scientific method for crying out loud or what we call scientific method. So, yeah, if you actually look at the Enochian alphabet and his Enochian book, uh, the Enochian keys, he called them, they're just a trigonometric table. That's all. I took one look at it, and I suck at math, okay? I took one look at it. I took one look at it, and I knew exactly what it was. That's a trigonometric table. And that's exactly what it is. So he was, in that, he was just concealing uh, higher mathematics so he wouldn't get burned at the stake. That's weird. That makes sense, though. That makes sense. What's your Thanksgiving song? No, 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 no. the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Oh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Oh, God. Everyone's thanking. The whole world's thanking you. Thanking us for thanking you. You're listening to Banal of America Audio. Every sort we're having mashed potatoes. Oh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Glenn. Thank you for being there. Please. Thank you for loving me. Everyone's thanking. The whole Glenn. world's thanking you. Thanking us for thanking you. Do you know anything about uh, the Clavis Salomonis? Uh, not specifically. If you, if you refresh my memory, I might be able to. I don't have any idea. He just mentions it in part of this long, overwrought question, so I'll, I'm going to skip that. He just you are said, a number. I'll, just, I'll try and. Uh, he uses put this it in as an example. He uses such as the Clavis Salomanus. So I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, where well, beings are described that seem to have a bit in common with the description of the Greys. I think he's also sort of asking, like, are these entities that you can. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just Could you call them down? Lost. Could you call them down and paint them green? Uh, if you can, I don't know anything about it. I know that uh, Alistair Crowley, who formed the OTO, the, uh, the AA, the Astromar Gentum, and the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis, uh, he claimed to have gotten his knowledge from a being called Iwas. And Iwas, when he drew him, looks pretty much like a UFO gray. They're practically identical. Now, you can read into that whatever you want to or read out of that whatever you want to. Uh, it could be an interesting coincidence. Uh, maybe he really did have some kind of contact. I don't know. He seemed to believe that he had some kind of contact, but he was a very, very squirrely guy. Uh, he was hooked up with MI6. A lot of occult figures are hooked up with uh, government intelligence, uh, just like the Elizabethan court. Yeah. Uh, they frequently end up that way. I mean, look, if they're teaching you psychic shit <laughs> or how to implement psychic shit, they want to put it to use if they can. Right, right, so, exactly. It's possible that he actually had some kind of contact as to whether or not uh, any of his summoning rituals would bring them down. I couldn't tell you. Uh, and I'm not sure he could tell you either. Yeah, it's a weird question. Anyway, so do you know, you know you're familiar with the work of Bud Hawkins, right? We're jumping to the next question sure. here. Okay. Yeah. Do you, you recall the Manhattan UFO abductions? These are the, the abduction, I oh, think. Yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, he wants to know what you think of that case, or and if you think it's an instance of the intelligence community uh, influencing Hopkins. That was the intelligence community just feeding him a little shit. They got some people. As a matter of fact, um, one of the people that was coming up with that story was hooked up with uh, some foreign ambassador, 
Uh, yeah, that was an intelligence op. They were just putting him on. It does seem kind of funny now. I never really thought about it, but uh, when you look back on it, it does seem kind of like he just, I don't know the, the exact details of the case, but he just happened to see some kind of like, right? Isn't that kind of like, uh, there was a certain amount of like, this is a groundbreaking coincidental right. thing. Right. When then you look at In it, theory, you look this back guy on witnessed it. People, this guy witnessed people being sucked up into UFOs. It was a lot of up in the sky. Yeah, and wasn't uh, it somehow all in, it tied in with the UN or something? Yes, this had to do with the foreign ambassador. This guy right. was a driver for the ambassador, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, the second I heard the whole ambassadorial business, you know, immediately I'm just smirking and saying, "Look, you know, this is a this is a story. <laughs> you're, you're discovering a bunch of BS." Uh, I can't believe that uh, a bunch of people from another planet who are quite capable of uh, abducting people under underneath everyone's noses without every without anybody seeing it. Would just do it right in front of you. That makes no sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah. The only way it does make sense is if it was uh, orchestrated to for you to see. Yeah, it was just a story. Look, guys like um, Hopkins and David Jacobs, and they tried to do it to John Mack, and Mack talked about it. Uh, it's that bit of trying to sow disinformation stories. Uh, Mack spotted them, you know, and he got rid of them. He was a psychiatrist. <laughs> He was able to spot someone who was giving him bullshit. And um, he had to boot some people because they would, you know, infiltrate. Uh, And the problem with Hopkins and Jacobs is they infiltrate a lot easier. It's a lot easier to spoon feed them some crap. They're very intelligent, and they have come across something legitimate, and they're doing a good job of publicizing it, which is exactly why someone is infiltrating them to give them a bunch of BS. Because if you can get some BS sewed in with it, uh, you may be able to discredit the rest. And to a certain extent, that worked with Hopkins and with Jacobs, which is unfortunate because Jacobs' first book, Secret Life, is really fantastic. He did a really good job of that book. But after that, he just he bought all the stories. They benefited him. They yeah. pulled the ball, Paul Bent business on him. Do you think he was really murdered, or you actually just got hit by a car? I think he just got hit by a car. You don't flip a coin on that. I don't know about Mac. Yeah. Well, he was... There's nothing the, – the people who – the three – the trio, the three wise men of abduction research pretty much got wiped out. So it's like, uh, you know, two of them are dead, and the other one, like, got caught up in a big sex scandal. So Jacobs not, got caught up in a sex scandal? No. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't really – I didn't hear about that. Yeah, yeah. He's still around. He's still around. Look up Google Emma Woods. It'll blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, I'll check him out. I'm curious now. He got he he. I'm gonna give like the short thumbnail version because my dear friend Jeremy Vanny and uh, Jeff Ritzman they pretty much broke this story. But yeah, they he like he like uh, was hit was working with some lady and she had tapes of the abduction of, of the he he was he was hypnotizing her like over the phone and uh, the the things took a very weird like sexual turn. To the point where it was like, I don't know if this has anything to do with abduction research. Or he was like, you need to buy a chastity belt because the the aliens are are molesting you, and I can tell you where to buy a chastity belt, so you need to go do that. It's like, whoa! And he's like, you should send me your underwear, no matter. Don't worry about it. We'll check it for alien DNA. Yeah, and there's there's audio recordings of the of the stuff, so I don't think I'm saying anything out of turn. It's amazing. This happened like. Five years ago, I should contact Vaney. It's like in light of today's current 
climate, he should be beating the drum about this story because uh, people would actually listen. Because like five years ago, no one cared. No one even listened to it. So, In his defense, if that's all that was, uh, he might have been doing the same thing that police do with uh, trying to gain you know, samples for rape cases and something like that. Uh, in his defense, uh, I can... I'm sure that's his reasoning, but uh, yeah, I... I, I from what I can gather, from what I've looked into, it doesn't seem it seems very un, untoward. Let's say. Yeah, I'd have to actually privy to the conversation of the recording. I, if I heard the recording, I could tell you. Yeah, well, Google <laughs> it and look into it. But I mean, it's one thing to want to get samples; it's another thing to tell somebody to buy a chassis belt. So it's like that alone. He went it, a little loopy. Um, I'd they say. fed him a whole lot of crap. The difference between his second book, The Threat, which tells you everything you need to know. And his first book, Secret Life, is night and day, like flipping a light switch. Uh, he went from doing an extremely enlightened and very thorough job of mapping uh, UFO abductions, and I think he did an incredible job with it, to all of a sudden throwing these Paul Benowitz stories of, oh, my God, we're being invaded, the hybrids are going to take over, they're going to wipe out the human race, we're all going to become slaves, blah, blah, blah. Right. And it, like flipping a light switch. Like, what was it, like two years of difference between these books? And that's just because he got a bunch of disinformation stories from false abductees. He wasn't able to spot them as quickly as John Mack was. John Mack was a trained psychiatrist. He could tell when someone was BSing it. Yeah. Well, it certainly seems like the abduction thing went off the rails just in general. So it's, you know, it's a very interesting... That was the goal. That so was the do goal. you think, to pivot away from these people, though, do you think that... that I mean, what do you think of the abduction phenomenon? Do you think it's happening? Do you think it's real? Do you think it's, you know, weigh oh, yeah. in on this with me? Yeah, I definitely me. think it's real. It's definitely happening. Uh, I think Jacob's first book had pegged everything very well. Um, he was actually just mapping. He was, was taking all these different abduction stories and uh, finding the commonalities and the correlations. And there were a stunning number of them down to particulars. And it's sort of particulars that you can't imagine people who didn't know each other inventing. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure he got it right. Uh, and I've known a couple of people who match that profile perfectly. I have talked with them. Uh, one of them does know that they are an abductee. We've talked about it. Um, I never go around and suggest to someone that they might be an abductee because that would be irresponsible, even if they do match the profile. But if they happen to match the profile and they ask me about it and they think they are themselves, uh, I'll listen to them and I'll kind of weigh it. Uh, I mean, I can't tell them whether they are or not. I right, don't know. Right. But I can at least weigh it and um, make an educated guess. But that's only if they're investigating it themselves and if they already think they might be. <clears throat> Otherwise, it would be irresponsible for me to suggest otherwise. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, Jacobs did some fantastic work when he first started out. And just They drove it nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah. And now and now all this other shit came up. So, you know. And I know the and, – and it's funny. It's like I can say with fair certainty that it's not some, like, conspiracy to take him down because these are my buddies who <laughs> – unless this lady, you know, unless this lady was somehow involved. But I know at, at least on the – More than likely the lady was involved. Well – Google it and find out. You'll just check it out. You'll 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 find a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah. Um, the sad thing is, you really didn't need to do too much to take Jacobs down. He's been doing it himself since the threat. 
Oh, which is very unfortunate because he, he was a very, very promising researcher. He was doing very well. Yeah, but also at the same time, too, it's like you can only go so far being the guy that says that aliens are invading the Earth. Like, first of all, people have been saying that for, like, probably forever, or at least since we knew there were there are other planets, you know what I'm saying? So it's like sure. it's like you're just you're just the latest lunatic to be like, They're invading us. We need to you know, no matter what your credentials are. So it's like sure. uh you you are speaking to a very limited audience once you're we're being invaded by aliens guy. Well that was why Mac was so crucial. He was a guy with a great deal of credibility. He's a professional psychiatrist, he's a professional author, uh He'd won prizes, and you know this is a guy, and he was taking it very seriously. Um, I don't think he mapped things out as well as Jacobs did, but he did add a tremendous, a tremendous amount of credibility to the subject. So why do you think they're abducting people? A number of reasons. Uh, there are different scenarios. One, they're having trouble with their own reproduction, and they need some side genes to help them. Now, mind you, I believe that the race behind this is entirely human. They're as human as you or I. And if you met one, you wouldn't know the difference. There might be some subtle differences, but you probably, if a guy walked up to you off the street, he could be an alien and you wouldn't know it. Um, so they are reproducing with us. They're reproducing human offspring and they are taking them someplace else. They might be starting life up on another planet. That is a possibility. And certainly in the ancient myth texts, there's a great deal to support that. That's how life got started here according to those texts. Yeah. Uh, and according to, you know, uh, American Indian oral tradition and stuff like that. So that's part of it. Uh, given that mind control is involved, there's no question of that. Uh, very advanced mind control. Given that mind control is involved and that UFOs are involved in sabotage activity down here as far as nuclear development and space development, uh, it is quite possible, and I consider it even probable, that some abductees are used for sabotage activity, of which they would not even be aware, which is why they're sleeper agents, in other words. And that's for really the, the aliens? primary reason. What now? For the aliens? Yeah. Uh, that would be one of the primary reasons that the government keeps tabs on them. Let's just say that they are ongoing people of interest. We'll put it that way. But they don't, but what would they be programmed to do? I, I'm not, I'm not being like a uh... I'm not being cheeky. I'm trying to figure figure this out and keep up. Keep up. So, like to do to something to, to like 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 terrorists or something or or what? Like alien terrorists in a sense. Well, I would not use the word terrorist because I don't believe that they injure or kill people. But okay. I do know that. Let me put it this way: when UFOs are in the area, guaranteed, they are going to perform sabotage on nuclear and space facilities around the world. Guaranteed. Now. They might need some help doing that, and they might need someone who can put on a uniform and uh, go in and pretend to be uh, some military officer, for instance. Uh, and in that instance, yeah, I could see that being used. They could be used in some way. Jesus. So you don't think the UFOs are just turning the nukes off with their own technology? I run that by me again. I didn't quite hear. So you don't think the you don't think the UFOs are just turning the nukes off uh, with their own technology. Not entirely. Uh, there might be instances where they would need some more hands-on application. And those would be instances where I think they would be involved in sabotage. Now, this, this is a guess on my part. It's an educated guess. 
but it makes sense to me. It, there's a reason that the governments of the world pay very, very serious attention to UFOs. Yeah. Uh, and that would be very high on the list. These people are under uh, mind control, foreign government. So foreign it doesn't even come from this planet. If they are under mind control, that's sophisticated. They could be employed for that use. And if they could be employed for that use, they have to be regarded as potentially being employed for that use. Yeah. What do you know about the Tuatha de Danan? What's Danan? I don't know. It says an Irish, a supernatural race in Irish. Oh, the Donna. The Donna. Yeah. The Tuatha Donna. The Donna. Yeah, I, wrote about them ex- I wrote about them extensively in um, Architects. Are they linked to Mars or Earthly only? That's the question someone wants to know. And are they still around? Oh, yeah, they're still around. And, yeah, they're linked to Mars. We're linked to Mars. Uh, we're their cousins. We're yeah, their it sounds like what you're trying to say in a sense is like that maybe even not just us and whatever's on Mars, but like we're we're like Delaware in the fifty states of aliens here. Like there's way yeah, more exactly. and they're all and they're all like like us or a little bit like us or somewhat different, just like there's like people in Africa and people in America and people in Asia, you know. Sure. Yeah, my view is that we're their descendants. Now, these are the people that we've historically called the gods, and that's who the Donnan were. Uh, we now call them the fairy folk. They actually used to call them the fair folk. Uh, and we put the diminutive Y on when the church demonized them. They're just like human beings, indistinguishable from human beings, and this is part of the actual lore. Uh, if one of them walked up to you, you wouldn't know that he was Donnan. I mean, unless he revealed it to you and proved it. So, yeah, we're their descendants. And, yeah, they're still around. <laughs> Those are the guys that are sending me weapons here. <laughs> they're going back to the root. Yeah. So they're here and they're like, what, calling the UFOs to come back? Well, let me put it this way. If the Donnan are still on Mars, or who knows where all they are now, I don't know what the limits of their technology are. Uh, maybe they've gotten other star systems. Maybe they came from other star systems. We don't know the limits of their technology. Oh, okay. Uh, so these are like the same as... An alien, almost. Like, yeah, they so are kind of like trace. All right, all right, okay. Because I was imagining like uh, elemental beings and shit. But you're you're saying? Oh no, no. Like, I'm okay. talking about them being human beings. There are really. Yeah, ladies. yeah. You're right. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. They're just more scientifically advanced than we are. Yeah. Well, it does seem like yeah. It does connect to Mars. It frustrates me now when we talk about it because it's like we're not really. I would wish we could find these. <laughs> these things out, you know, for certain, but it's very, uh, it's very hard to get there. Um, now I'll, I'll wrap up Joe V's question so we can keep jamming and uh, get past the questions here. He wants to know, uh, his final question, beer. He had other questions, but I limited him to a few this year. Um, he wants to know what's your, what are you drinking for Ruck's giving? He's trying to narrow his choices down to three Breckenridge vanilla porter, uh, but he's not sure on the other two. Any suggestions? He's looking for either a porter or a pilsner. So what are your Rucks giving drink suggestions this year? Someone says Sasquatch Stout in the chat room. Well, the vanilla porter is a little too sweet for me. I have had it. Uh, I've tried vanilla porters from uh, several different manufacturers. As a matter of fact, I think I've had Dragon Ranch. Uh, it's a little too sweet for me, but uh, a lot of people like it that way. So you want to weigh that in. Uh, I'm more of a... Uh, dark lager and uh, stout drinker. Right now, I am drinking a um, Guinness Draft. Uh, I frequently drink Guinness Extra Stout. 
Uh, I drank a lot of dark lagers. Uh, Denver Breweries 1916 is one of my favorites. Uh, and what else? Claymore is my favorite. Claymore Ale. Um, they're by Great Divide. That thing is aptly named. It'll, it'll whop you upside the head. Or a good Pilsner. Uh, I do like Pilsners. I don't drink them too often. I'm trying to think of the name of the company. Uh, they make good stouts, and they also make good Pilsners. Uh, they, you wouldn't have any trouble recognizing them because they've always got uh, naval... They have skeletons dressed in naval garb of uh, the 18th, uh, 17th and 18th century. That sounds like right like, up your alley right there. Just the, just yeah, the it is. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, and like I said, I can't remember the name of the company, but that's it's not Murphy's, right? No. Okay. But it's uh, that's what they use for their advertising. Uh, their pilsners and their stouts are very, very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of uh, someone here, here says Penny. I assume they mean Pliny. Uh, Pliny the Elder, uh, Russian River Brewery here in Santa Rosa. Someone recommends and uh, Dark Sakarskum, good old Dark One Barrel Brothers. So. <laughs> I don't know those beers at all. I don't either. I wouldn't mind trying them. I heard they made a beer in honor of uh, the Upside Down from Stranger Things. Have you watched Stranger Things? No, I haven't. Uh, if they would make it available in any way other than streaming service, I would be glad to watch it. Right now, all right, that wraps up the questions, folks. So thank you, uh, thank you to Joe V, uh, Klaus Hager, Gaston Clement. Kirk Walker, Kip Carbone for sending in questions. Hopefully we got to all of them as many as we could. And uh, and Joe, Joe V sent in, I actually counted with all the subclauses and shit. He actually sent in 14 questions, which is like, that's, as I said, if you're a former cult, he's your ideal, he, he could be your Tex Watson, essentially. <laughs> well, I, I won't be forming a cult. Uh, I appreciate the vote of confidence. Um, right. Well, just based on the yeah, I assume he'll drift off into some other cult eventually. Anyway, so it's like he's 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 crying out for a cult. Um, yeah, that, I hope not. That's usually the case. Now, the Rosicrucians, interestingly, don't really accept people like that. Not usually. And when they do, they kind of get rid of them pretty quick. Yeah, I could see how he'd be not fit for a secret society. Um, but he actually, I hope people don't think I'm picking on him. I went to I went to high school with Joe V, so he's actually the voice the voiceover guy of uh, when the show starts. But every year he sends in way too many questions for you. Like literally, dude, I counted them fourteen. So that's the that's I think I broke it down now eventually like five tonight. Um, and well, I we took, actually have some good ones. No, there was yeah. Well, those are the ones I picked out. So. I think one of them was like, honestly, like one of them questions was like, how come, how come all these great musicians keep dying, but Madonna's still around? It's like, these, <laughs> I, I said to him, I was like, this is a question for your shrink or your pastor, man. I don't know what, why he needs to know. So now he's snuck in another question because I'm mocking them. But so, so why, so, so why has, why has Madonna lasted so long when Tom Petty couldn't make it? Well, uh, it has a lot to do with drugs. <laughs> Some people just do too many drugs, you know, and they get depressed. Uh, you have a lot of artists. Look, a lot of artists are depressed. Uh, depression is great for creativity. It really is. I can speak to that myself. I do my best work when I'm depressed. Uh, so there's a lot to say about that, but I don't do drugs. And they do a lot of drugs. You combine depression and drugs, uh, you've got some psychological problems, things aren't working out too well for you, and eventually, oops, you just go a little too far. Yeah. 
Uh, somebody, you're cool to go past the hour, right? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. Nice, nice, nice. Um, have, we, have we gone that far, really? Yeah, we've already gone two hours, so uh, we got ten oh, minutes yeah. left. So I can only they only let me do three hours, so we'll... We're not, I won't keep you. I promise I won't keep you any longer than that. So I remember one year we. I think you were the one that it was either you or Tyler Coke John where we like broke the we broke the thing. We went past three hours and it was like oh shit we st- we stopped making a show like twenty minutes ago. So we could. We, I learned the hard way that lesson. Hmm. Um, but uh, somebody wants to know any update on re-releasing the books. Seems so like yeah, every year we talk about this. Um, how come you? How come we? How come people can't get like this on the Kindle and shit yet? Well, I don't know what I'm doing. Is the answer to that? That's the Reader's Digest version. I just don't know what the best way to go about it is. I need to self-publish now, uh, and I will need to go through a self-publishing company. It will cost me some money to do so. If I knew the best route to go with that, then I would have done that a long time ago. But yeah. I don't have any advice. I don't have anyone who really knows what they're talking about or who can help me out with it. So I'm just kind of, you know, stuck with my thumb up my butt. I tell you what, this is what I'm thinking, because and I'm just spitballing here, but I'm I'm working on a lot of projects uh, for after Banal of America ends. Um, but I'll have this time on my hands. I need to fill it with actual projects. That's kind of what I've been thinking a lot lately, because it's like, all right, well, we're going to wrap up the show in January or so. So it's like, then I can get started on these projects, but I need to, like, really do these projects to... <laughs> or else, or else I'm just going to be end up sitting around playing this game you were just telling us about. So there you go. Um, Not a bad way to kill your time. We by should the way. talk after Rocksgiving and after the holidays and after I wrap up the season. I'll you and I will work together and we'll get these books out to people. Sounds good to me. You know, I'll figure I'm it out. We'll 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 you will put our heads together and we'll figure out how to do this. If you if you, do you have the rights to do this? Oh yeah, yeah. If you I have the have rights to, to put uh, the books out again. People are like, well, dying. I have to buy the rights back, but it's not expensive, and I can do it at any time. All right, yeah. Well, we could always too, do like a GoFundMe thing anyway, if it's not too expensive. We could be like, we need a thousand bucks to buy Bruce's books back. So, um, you know, and if it you were pledged, cost me three hundred to buy them to buy both of them back. Uh, when you actually go to a self-publishing company, you have to give them a certain amount of money to get the thing started too. It's not a lot. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's something I need to look into. All right. Well, I tell you what. That's you know, if you're down, dude, I'm down, and we'll figure it out. And uh, yeah, we'll make that one of the post BOA audio projects if we can get it done. Yeah, that'd be nice. I do want to get it done, just so they're available. I mean, they're they're kind of available now. You can find them used, but sometimes they go through cycles. Uh, sometimes they're just not as available as at other times, and they'll try gouging you for ridiculous amounts of money. Where other times you can pick them up pretty cheap. Yeah, they're crazy on Amazon. They're wicked crazy. Um, I think I paid a lot of money for my Hollywood verse, and I think I don't even have Architects because it was like uh, when I checked at the time, it was like over a hundred dollars, or like something something crazy like that, like sixty dollars maybe or something insane. Keep checking. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Keep checking. Sometimes it, I've seen them go as high as like three or four hundred dollars. Uh, that's just ridiculous. Don't do that. Um, that hence why I don't have it, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, right. I'm sure it's luck of the draw. I don't know if they have, like, a alert system or what. They should, like, have that where you can, you know, uh, they alert you when well, it comes up at a certain price. I know other times they're really inexpensive, not a problem at all. I had someone who wanted a copy, and I was out of them. Uh, but I know someone who wanted a copy, and they didn't have access to Internet to order, 
So I ordered one for them. I got uh, Hollywood vs. the Aliens for, I think it was, I don't know, 11 bucks. Oh, nice. And uh, maybe a couple bucks shipping. Or three, no, it was four bucks shipping to do for that now. So yeah, it was like a total of $15. It's perfectly reasonable, and less than you would have bought it at cover price. So, and other times, you know, it's like 500 bucks. <laughs> I laugh. Are you fucking kidding me? Come on. This is the book of the world for 500 goddamn bucks. Look, 500 years old. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, well, that's how they get you, I guess. Um, yeah, we would add other shit to it, too, so we'd like, you know, because the books haven't been out for a while. Um, well, technically, they went out of print, uh, I want to say about five years ago, about that. Yeah, it's been a while. How come you never, like, aside from staying on, been all, uh, appearing on Been All of America all the time, how come you never really, like, uh... Got back into all this shit. Well, first off, there's no money in it. Second off, there's a hell of a lot of work for being no money in it. Uh, third off, I've pretty well said everything I needed to say, and there's not much to add. Uh, though that never stops itching. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or a number of others. Almost all of the others. <laughs> yeah, almost all of the others. Yeah, really, you're like the recycle. exception to the rule. You're like the pro wrestler that really retires. Yeah, they just recycle their own stuff. And, yeah, I could do that. Um but, you know, again, I'd have to find a publisher or self-publish it. And if I was going to self-publish it, I might as well just put my old books out because I covered it all. Uh, I could be wrong. And I'm the first person to admit that on any of it. I'm pretty firmly convinced that I'm right on just about all of it, except for particulars, which I'm still working on. Yeah. Has anything ever come up that's changed your opinion on the stuff you wrote? Yes and no. Uh, I was... Well, as a for instance, uh, one of the things, one of my ongoing bits of research is into the Celts and the Egyptians. Because I stated pretty definitely that the Celts and the Egyptians were pretty much the same people. I still believe that uh, in the sense that they came from the same Indo-European root. And I can even demonstrate that linguistically and uh, numerically. But uh, I don't quite mean that they're the same people. I mean, obviously, they were different tribes. But they came from the same root very plainly. So I've amended my views a little bit or uh, fine-tuned them, let's just put it that way. Um, but for a period of time, uh, I almost thought, well, I could be wrong on that because they do have the Egyptians have Afro-Asiatic language. But then I did more research. And lo and behold, there's a hell of a lot of Indo-European in uh, not only the Egyptian language, but in their symbology and uh, their mythology and all of that. So, yeah, I'm still convinced that they came from the same route. Yeah. I go in and out. I'm kind of like Einstein. I try and disprove my own theory in order to prove it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I actually asked you that because Marco Withrow, I knew I missed one. Marco Withrow actually asked if anything's come up lately to sway you from your theory. So we covered that. And he says, thanks, and this is a perfect way to end the live show. He says, thanks, and a great Thanksgiving holiday to uh, the both of you and yours. So. Oh, well, definitely to you, too. Yes, thank you, Marco, and thank you to all the people that sent in questions. Thank you to the folks who listened live. We're going to keep chatting, though, so don't worry about that. Uh, so those folks in the chat room and who are live listening, uh, go out of your way to pick up uh, the MP3 of this Rucksgiving 2017. Uh, and I don't know. We don't have a, you don't have a website or any social media footprint. That's what I like about you, Bruce. You're you're more you're you're elusive as hell. <laughs> Well, anyone who wants to get in touch with me, they can just get in touch with you, you know? <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm the filter to Bruce, so 
That's why I haven't put you in touch with Joe V, dude. I'm scared of. <laughs> I don't. You're gonna get pissed. You're gonna be like, I'm not doing any more of those stupid rucks giving things now. That Joe V guy won't stop emailing me three or four times a day. It's crazy. And they're like, Tom DeLong, if you're listening, you want to get in touch with me, you can always get in touch with me if you can. <laughs> yeah, Tom DeLong, reach out to me, and I'll put you in touch with Bruce, and the three of us will have a powwow. Yeah, there you go. Maybe he'll republish your books. That would be nice. Oh, my God. What, so, you think we I, – I was a bit distracted, I think, when we started the show because uh, of the problems getting the chat room open. So, you think um, you think this DeLong – cat is mixed up and just sort of you think he's just being disinformed essentially oh yeah I'm, I'm pretty certain of it he's sincere I don't have any doubt at all that he's sincere uh, but it's the, it's the sincere people that are the most evilly swayed by disinformation right well I said on the show last week that uh, you know even if even if um, he could have been shown something behind the scenes. I can't get into the chat room to say goodnight. So thank you to all the folks in the chat room again. Have a good night and have a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, all the gang out there. Sorry about that. Uh, so he could have been shown something, even if it was fake or something. I guess the, the, what I was saying it, that last week was like he – they could have taken him aside and been like, here's some real alien shit. Um, oh, yeah. You can't have it. It could be fake anyway. He doesn't know that. It could just be a movie. And how verify it? Right, exactly. And they just so if someone showed you an alien body, how would you verify that that was an alien body? Right, exactly. So he therefore then becomes like he becomes a true believer in the sense that he, you know, he's seen. He know he's not a true believer. He knows he's a knower. You know, he knows cause right. in his mind, of course, he knows right. because he's seen this thing. I mean, I half think that might be something that goes on uh, and has gone on. Oh, I'm sure that's the case. That's how they get anybody. Uh, look, the classic case in point on this is Stephen Greer. Now, what's happening to Tom DeLonge is they're turning him into the new Stephen Greer. He doesn't realize it, but that's exactly what the plan is. Podesta was involved in that nonsense, too. Now, uh, this was late Clinton administration, and the Clintons were very heavy into UFO disinformation. Uh, you might remember Greer still claims that he taught the president and the head of the CIA everything they know about UFOs. He believes that. Now, he believes that because the head of the CIA, when he started his whole UFO disclosure project, he's talking to witnesses and all of this, the head of the CIA wanted to meet with him privately. So they arranged a private meeting. He took him to like a nice hotel. Uh, they're in like some skylight, uh, top floor or whatever. And it's just the two of them. And the head of the CIA is saying, so tell me everything you know about UFOs. And he discloses everything that he's picked up, every witness he's got, all this other stuff. This In other words, career. the head of the CIA is simply taking information from it. <laughs> That's all. Right. He's, he's recording the entire conversation, obviously, and probably saying that he isn't. And there are probably cameras on all of it, too. In any event, he gets in to talk about all this stuff. And then when Greer is done, the CIA head says, I had no idea. I'm the head of the CIA, and I didn't know any of this stuff. He just taught me everything I know about this. I've got to tell the president. <laughs> and he buys it. Yeah. You know, because his ego's fed. He says, well, I'm the head of the CIA privately, and he told me himself. And I'm telling you, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, congratulations, Colonel Plank. Colonel Logan has made a monkey out of it. And they're doing the same thing to Tom DeLong. 
Interesting, but to to what end, I guess? What's because you know what's 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 the what's the end game? What's the point to do this? Ultimately, to discredit. Uh, do you hear anything about the UFO disclosure project anymore? No. It was a circus in Washington D.C. for about a week. Uh, and what came out of the circus? Well, we don't have any proof about UFOs. So that's that. It just helps with the disinformation and deflecting the topic. It doesn't help at all. It hinders and it harms. That's the whole plot. You give people enough information, they start sowing the disinformation out themselves. People discover that it is disinformation down the line, and then you discredit the witness. And the topic goes away again. Yeah, yeah. The higher the profile, the better the payoff. Tom DeLong, pretty good profile. Yeah, and in a sense, too, it's like if the point is to discredit, um, you know, he's kind of like a goofy face for UFO disclosure. Yes. And he's a better face than Stephen Greer, i got to say that. Stephen Greer is illiterate. Tom DeLong isn't. Now, to say Tom DeLong is probably a great deal more intelligent than Stephen Greer, let's just put it that way, which doesn't mean that he can't be duped, and I'm sure that he is being duped. Yeah. Uh, the guy that dragged him into this, his gateway into the underworld, so to speak, was Peter Lavenda. Now, Peter Lavenda is a very good researcher, but Peter Lavenda is one of the boys. Uh, I actually cited his work on uh, Nazis and the occult in my own books. Uh, it's a very good book. Yeah. But he's CIA. He belongs to the Retired uh, Intelligence Agents uh, Association or something like that. And when attention was called to that, he laughed off and said, well, that was done just kind of a joke, and I accepted it. Yeah, well, you can say that, but you're a retired intelligence agent, a semi-retired intelligence agent. Uh, that's why you have a career. <laughs> and this was the guy who got hooked up with DeLong and uh, co-wrote the Secret Machine series with him, which I have not read. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was the initiation. That was where DeLong was brought in. From there, he says, well, let me introduce you to the guys behind the scenes who really know what's going on. And they start feeding him stories about crashed aliens and all this other nonsense. And I've heard it all before. So Long gets up on uh, YouTube or what have you and on whatever talk shows. And he starts repeating the same stories that he's been told that come from behind-the-scenes intelligence sources. They're legitimate behind-the-scenes intelligence sources. Yeah. And the information is bullshit. Or at least mostly bullshit. There may be a germ of truth to it. But the entire point is they're feeding him this bogus story so that he will repeat the bogus story so that the bogus story will be determined to be bogus down the line, and he will be discredited. That's how that works. All right. Makes sense. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it seems like a lot of foo-for-all to me. It's it, a lot of crap. <laughs> that's what I mean, in the sense that it's just sort of like a lot of smoke and mirrors and hype and, and uh, you know. We've all seen yeah. it a million times, so... It's just Sadly, remarkable that these sort of things been, keep happening. Yeah, if you're in UFO research, you see this kind of thing all the damn time. You start recognizing Colonel Hogan real quick. Uh, the ones that don't, you just laugh at. You laugh at them the same way the intelligence agencies are. They do, they're making a monkey out of you. Yeah. Just knock it off. Wake up. Smell the bacon. Well, when there's a lot of money involved, though, it changes things, too. So There's a lot of power involved. These people exploit technology. Where do you think we came up with a stealth bomber? Where do you think we came up with microwaves and the personal computer? We've been reverse engineering their shit at least since Roswell, possibly even before. Yeah. There's money and power involved in this. They want to keep it secret. 
Yeah, it's just frustrating because I, I want to know the secrets, man. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What do you think there's going to be? It does seem like a lot of this stuff, as far as the UFO stuff goes, has sort of reached a standstill in a sense where there's nowhere else really to go with it. There hasn't been anywhere else to go with it for decades, frankly. Uh, this is kind of why I think, look, I, I reached the dead end when I came to my conclusion, and I'm pretty damn sure my conclusions are correct uh, because everything adds up. The sources are legitimate. It adds up. That's a real trick. You've got to figure out which sources are legitimate and which ones aren't. You well, know, what's, your, what's your – I'm sure we've done this before on the show, but I, I feel like it's a good jumping-off point to explore the nuances of this. So is that, well, I guess in a super nutshell, what's your – Conclusion, I guess, as far as like what these UFOs that have been coming here recently, or you know, within our within the U- modern UFO era, what are they doing here? Mostly, they showed up because we developed atomic weapons. This uh, UFOs, what we see, are an automated system. They are a maintenance system and sort of a police force at the same time. They are Gort for Klaatu. And Jacques Vallée said the exact same thing in his books. In his last book. Uh, I enunciated all of his conclusions, which are exactly the same as my own. Uh, and I'm convinced that he's completely correct. It's an automated system. Uh, they have control over us, and we have no way to resist them. They've been around for a very long time. They showed up en masse, or we first started noticing them when we had the technology to notice them and when we developed atomic weaponry. They have sabotaged that atomic weaponry from the start, they continue to do so. They sabotage a lot of our space development for exactly the same reason. Uh, that's consistent. It's been consistent from the start, and it remains so. So I'm firmly convinced that that's a large part of it. The system that they send down here is automated. They are, like I said, the gorts for the Klaatus. They are just automata. They do what they're supposed to do. He's like the greys and shit. Yes. Yeah, the greys are just a bunch of robots. They're all vacuum-formed out of a mold. They're and what about, other, what about other alien races purportedly coming here, like uh, Nordics and reptilians? Well, the reptilians, I think, are just a BS disinfo story. Uh, okay. The Nordics are probably them. They're the Donna. Ah. They're our ancestors. And, yes, I do think they sometimes show up in person. That uh, would make fact, sense, if, yeah. If they're going to, I would imagine they would do it this year because Mars is parked right next to Earth, like I said, or it's going to be. It's on its way here now. Any time that uh, Mars and Earth are in very, very close conjunction or opposition, as they call it, UFO sightings and activity shoot off the graph. Jacques Vallée had pegged that perfectly, and it's consistent as a damn heartbeat. Why is that? Because there's a lot more transit to and from Mars? Yes, because they're close. (laughs) It's an easier trip for them. Now, the activity never completely goes away, but it shoots off the graph when they're right next door. Yeah. I guess I wonder how, like, if you can fly to Mars, what difference does it make how close it is? But maybe there's some, like, scientific reason for it, in a sense. To me, it's very simple. And this is why I'm not really sure that they came from another star system or have gone to another star system, because the technology that's visiting us is plainly coming from Mars. If it's coming from Mars, they're observing launch windows. They're the same launch windows that we observe. Ah, yeah. So, uh, obviously their craft are traveling essentially the same way that our craft do. They just do so a hell of a lot easier because the crews are automated. They don't have to have rest or relief facilities. They don't have to have food. They don't have to have sleep. Yeah. 
and they're completely expendable. They're perfect. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think is going on? Cause, but I still think it's like these – they made themselves known and shit, so then now they seem like they've, they're gone in a sense. I mean, I know there's still a lot of UFO sightings and stuff, but it's like they – are they still around? I feel like they're almost not, but maybe they are, and people just uh, have they, – they've normalized it or something. It just doesn't hit the news. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get publicized. Look, all that has to happen – remember the Phoenix Lights? Yeah. That was, what, 97, 96, 97, right in there? Mm-hmm. Um, was that 96 or 97? I'm trying to remember exactly when the Phoenix Lights were. It could have been 95. It was 97. It was the anniversary this year. Right, 97. Okay. The Phoenix Lights were so big that the military got on the airwaves. I mean, there were pictures of them. The military got on the airwaves. I don't remember what general it was. He was some top brass. And he said, look, we don't know what these are. If anyone knows, please tell us. <laughs> He's just openly admitting it. Okay. We go from that to jokes being made about it, uh, to guys wearing gray masks coming out, you know, over-the-head rubber masks, stuff like that in front of the governor and yeah. making a big joke out of it. And then it just gets swept under the rug. That's how it works. Usually, I'm surprised the media picked up on it at all, but that's how big it was. They were around so much, and they were so huge, and there were so many pictures taken of them that they couldn't avoid it, so they had to put something out there. Yeah. Uh, That kind of activity, uh, we may see some of that in the coming year. That's hard to say. Uh, There is some evidence that from their end of things, I mean, let's say from Mars, they would like to come out in the open, but we shoot at them. Uh, they let themselves be seen, and Belay goes into that, too. Yeah. Because, look, it, it's obvious that they're letting themselves be seen and very high-profile seen. But then they disappear for a while from public consciousness, and then they'll come back and they'll do it again. Uh, it's periodic. And by doing it periodically, it sort of absorbs more into uh, popular consciousness over the decade. I mean, they were doing it back in the 1950s. They flew over the White House twice in one week, for God's sake. Yeah. And, boy, was that front-page news. <laughs> That, that was really big. Uh, so, yeah, we get around and they are busy, and that there does seem to be some indication from their end of things that they would like to eventually disclose, but they must recognize the same problem that we do, which is that it isn't that easy. It's just not that easy. It's not worth the trouble if you're the aliens, I think. That would depend. Uh, it could be that they need us. Uh, I mean, they they definitely need us in one sense. I mean, they use us for reproductive activity and stuff like that. Uh, And I'm sure that they take resources from this planet. But uh, whether they need to disclose their presence is another matter. I think they would prefer to more or less keep it secret because for the most part they don't publicize it. Um, And why exactly, we don't know. There are certain things in the agenda that we don't realize because they're not going to tell us. Yeah. At such point that they had to reveal themselves, I'm sure they would. For instance, uh, if nukes started flying, I'm pretty sure that they would prevent that if it was in their power to do so. Yeah. And if they had to become visible to do that, they probably would. But they were over Chernobyl. They were dampening the radiation coming from Chernobyl. That was actually out in Pravda. (laughs) (laughs) And the author, the author of that particular article, which I thought was funny as hell, and it made their news, too, precisely because it hit Pravda. 
Now, the author of that article ended it by saying that this was proof that the aliens had no uh, no respect or consideration for humanity because they didn't prevent Chernobyl. I said, uh, dude, they just dampened your accident. It yeah, saved yeah. a hell of a lot of lives and probably kept it from going critical. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the – yeah. That sounds like it's, it's an accident how the aliens supposed to – they're not psychic. <laughs> they the the aliens it. are a lot of things, but they're not psychic, folks. They helped us bail it out. Exactly. Well, it's yeah, it's just interesting. I wish, uh, I wish, I wish we could find out someday. You know, it makes me very sad and whimsy, whimsical, or whatever. You know, wistful in a sense, where it's like, ah, geez, you know, these, these, uh, <laughs> these aliens. That's why it's like everyone yearns for the disclosure thing because they just want to get to the next stage. We'd like to call the game and move forward. It's time we met the Vulcan. Right, right. But in a sense, where you and I, me and people listening to this and the folks uh, enjoying a fine Rucksgiving, um, we're like way ahead of everybody else. That's why. <laughs> That's why, yeah. you know, they're they're the people who are like obsessed with uh, Black Friday and, and all the other stuff. You know, they're not ready for this shit. Well, disclosure will not occur until they make it occur. And once they make it occur, all the world leaders are going to be racing to the microphone to say we knew it all along, and they're going to disclose all the evidence. They're going to put it all out and say, look, we were trying to protect you, and we were trying to get you ready, uh, and they'll prove it. Uh, but that won't happen until they start coming down. Until it's B, and they're parked over all of our cities. Yeah. Or until it's day the earth stood still, and they land in you know the Washington ballpark and at the Kremlin. Uh, it's just not going to get disclosed. Once there's no choice but to have to publicize it, then they will publicize it. Yeah, yeah, that seems to make the most sense. It seems to be like what, <laughs> you know, they're, they're not going to, yeah, the, whoever holds the secrets here are not going to release them to the public unless they absolutely have to, and uh, or right. unless we can figure it out. We're not, you know, the UFO community, you know, they also probably don't have the technology and the wherewithal and the funds and the resources to actually prove it in the way that needs to be proven. You know what I'm saying? It's like... They could if they were agreed. Um, that's the whole thing. It has to do with agreement. This is this is international. Look, India knows about this. Pakistan knows about this. France, Belgium, uh, the United Kingdom, Russia, we... Does North Korea know about it now that they have news, you think? Yes. As soon as someone becomes a nuclear power, UFOs start showing up where they are. That's how India got clued in. India, this is like 15 years ago, in India Daily, the Indian defense minister said the exact same shit about UFOs that I did. Uh, they were sabotaging sites, their nuclear sites, uh, and they were working on a space program, and that was getting sabotaged too. They immediately thought it was the Russians or the United States. Both Russia and the United States went to India, <laughs> and they said, congratulations, now you're a member of the club. Now you know what we know. Maybe that's the maybe that's the whole thing with uh, where they like don't want North Korea to get a nuclear weapon. Where it's like a nuclear weapon is really just a euphemism for getting into the alien club, and oh, trust they me. don't want them. There. I know, but when you like, if you take a look at all of the news, you know what I'm saying. Or now, if you look at it with that perspective, where it's like they don't give a fuck about the nuclear bomb because like they can't. You know, if they launch it, the aliens will blow it up or whatever. We know that, you know, for some reason. And uh, so, therefore, we just don't want them to know about the fucking aliens. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they can't Once come out they and get say far it. Enough, and, and trust me, Korea is far enough. They know. 
their stuff is being sabotaged not only by us, but their stuff is being sabotaged by the guys upstairs, too. What do you mean? I mean the aliens are sabotaging Korea the same way that we are. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, maybe if they – there is no real eminent threat of them, like, bombing America because that's not actually possible maybe, you know, I'm speaking in a theoretical, speculative way. Yeah, I highly doubt it. What do you doubt? That they would attack us or that they even really could. Now, mind you, if they got something out fast enough, they might be able to hit Guam or Japan and, you know, or South Korea, God help us. We certainly don't want that to happen. Right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, like, that the aliens would uh, – I'm just sort of speaking hypothetically that the aliens would would blow up a nuke before it could blow up is what I'm saying. I like to believe that. I want to believe that. I do believe that, but I don't know what their limitations are. Yeah, that makes sense. If they couldn't stop an accident. Exactly. Who knows they if they could stop, stop one. They, that... couldn't stop, they couldn't stop Chernobyl. Right. Like, maybe they could stop one if it was shot in the air, but, like, if you just drove it over to, <laughs> to like, Seoul in a truck, like, there's nothing they, you know, the aliens would be like, oh, shit, what happened there? You know. Uh, it's possible something could slip by them. Uh, I don't know what their limitations are. They make mistakes. They crash. <laughs> they crash to Roswell. It happens. <clears throat> that's part of the reason I believe they're completely human. They make, they make mistakes too. They have accidents. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I do get the sense that we we seem all connected to this thing in in a way that uh, is interesting. And it's like the idea. I think there is something to the idea that they can't reveal themselves because it's also like they talk about all these hostile aliens and shit, you know. And it's like. They don't reveal themselves either, and if they were really hostile and shit, they would just take over the world. So it's like because they could, right? Exactly. Look, if they can sneak people out of their bedrooms and slip them back in in a house full of people and nobody knows, even the people that are taken, uh, yeah, they could kill any of us individually or on mass anytime they wanted. Right, right. But they don't. So it holds stands to reason, I guess, that maybe they, maybe they, maybe there is some kind of like. Even a prevention system for the hostile aliens. Well, here's the thing. That's another one of the scenarios. When I just have to hearken to sci-fi when it comes to scenarios. Uh, here's another possibility. They might have to disclose themselves at some time if there is a mutual threat. Uh, and at that point, they might have to come out and say, look, it was Galactica 1980. Um, they say, look, I don't know how to tell you this, but there are Cylons on the way here, and we've got to do something about it. Or this island Earth, and same thing. Yeah, look, yeah, your technology, yeah. Your technology is not up to fighting what's coming to you. They're so as much a threat to us as they are to you. Let's team up. Uh, that's right. We need to get you up to speed so that you can help us. Yeah, you need an army. Yeah. That, that is a, a possible scenario. That would be cool. I'd go to war with Venus. <laughs> Who wouldn't go to war with Venus? That bitch. No uh, arms, and she's still attacking us. Yeah, well, that would be... I still think they're going to, like, do a reverse uh, disclosure and be like, find... They're going to find, like, uh, ruins on Mars, and then they're going to work backwards, like, from there. That's my theory. 
that would be a great place to start, considering we have discovered ruins there. But they'd be like, the whole scenario is like the, you know, they spent it like, they're gone, they died. Um, but clearly, they existed, there were people there, there was civilization, so, you know, um, aliens exist, but they're not here trying to kill us. So everyone can right. relax, you know, and that right. gets people time to acclimate to that idea. Well, one of the hardest sells, I was talking with Chris Knowles about this, one of the hardest sells is going to be the whole AI robot race thing. That, that is going to freak some people out pretty goddamn badly. Uh, that's how advanced these guys are. That'll be a bit of a hard sell. But we have had, you know, C-3PO. Uh, we've had friendly droids put out there, too, to uh, counteract the Cylon effect, if you will. Yeah. But in essence, you know, when you do the Cylons, that's talking about. This is a race of robots uh, that were created by people just like us, uh, just people from someplace else that do what they do, or like Gort in Date the Earth Stood Still. And there's every reason to believe that they are still entirely under human control and that they are anthropocentric and are programmed not to harm us. But they're also programmed to keep us from harming ourselves. Yeah. Well, it seems that way in a sense. It seems like there's a conditioning process uh, with the – with, although it might just be also that we're on the horizon of developing these things ourselves. But it's like you see all this shit about – there was like an HBO show about robots. And uh, you're seeing more stuff about AI, like uh, infiltrating the culture and robots. Yes. So there's been a, a bit of a thrust on that lately, just in the last yeah. few months. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, what I'm noticing. Which I find too. kind of interesting, and I, I do think that's part of the conditioning program. Yeah, to get people ready for robots, because they could be the aliens. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is kind of scary if you think about it. The implications are kind of scary. The reality isn't so much. <laughs> Yeah. Ragweed. I know. What's going on there? It's ragweed. Yeah, it's all that legal marijuana in Colorado. We all know what's going on, Bruce. How's that <laughs> how's that doing? We're gonna have that here soon. Yeah, as far as I know that's doing extraordinarily well. One of my housemates works for the IRS. He loves the IRS loves the pot industry. Those guys not only stay regular and make all their payments. They go overboard in reporting stuff that they have. They're extremely generous. They don't hide anything. Their books are perfect. Uh, they're the best-run industry in the state. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, they'll have stores here uh, next summer. So. Good deal. I'll let you know how I'm, it goes. I am very interested in hearing about that. Uh, I am positive that the four states that did implement it, Colorado being one, are a pilot program. Uh, the federal government said, okay, well, let's let's try it. I'll see what happens, and it's worked extremely well. Oh yeah, I'm sure this is going to turn into like a national initiative eventually, soon. Yeah, with this, if like, we can go to gay marriage and transgen, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have legalized pot. It'll happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like medical marijuana. I think it's almost legal in every state. I bet. So it's, you know. I would hope so. I bet uh, there's maybe like three or four. It's not, but I would. Or all the states in the south, maybe. Yeah. The South is kind of still stuck fighting the Civil War. They're never going to get out of it. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. <laughs> oh, man. We haven't talked about politics at all. I hasten to even bring it up. But what's your, I guess, what's your take on the current state of affairs uh, here in America? As I mentioned before, I feel like there's a civil war going on between different factions. And I hate to use the term because it's been overused now, like the deep state, you know. The Civil War in the government started with 9-11. Uh, 
uh, intensified throughout the Bush administration down to purges of government bureaus and agencies like the FBI and the CIA on political party lines. Uh, it has continued quietly uh, throughout the Obama administration, and when Trump came in, it lit a fire under it uh, because Trump is a wild card and he's openly professed hostility toward it. So I'm sure they're arm-twisting him into playing the neocon game because that's really what it comes down to. And uh, it remains to be seen exactly what's going to happen on that score. Do you think he's going to be impeached or have to resign because of this Russian uh, conspiracy? No. No. I think that Paul Manafort may have some charges brought up against him. Uh, I, I think there's a big difference between Paul Manafort and Donald Trump and who exactly was doing what. Uh, I've never bought into the whole Russian boogeyman business. That's all Hillary and Podesta. Um, Hillary just blames everyone except Hillary for her loss. Yeah, is she's, what that comes yeah. down to. And when it comes, you really want to get down to it. Who is behind the uranium one deal? For God's sake, that's the Clinton. And it's not like the Republicans didn't know about it. There were a lot of people signed off on it across party lines. Uh, so there's a whole lot of crap going on. And it's not like the Democrats weren't in touch with the Russians either. And they were the ones that were paying money to come up with the dossier. Uh, and, and we know that the guy who was leaking the stuff from the dossier, he, he was discredited very quickly, but that doesn't stay in the news. Uh, where it all falls apart for me, if there's a case here, like the CIA, who does not like Trump and Trump doesn't like them, this is open. It's part of that civil war. All right. The head of the CIA insists we have evidence that Trump was colluding with the Russians to throw the election. Okay. Committee that was investigating this he was a Republican recused himself when he didn't have to, but just for appearance's sake, he recused himself. Nancy Pelosi got assigned that particular job. Nancy Pelosi is as Democrat as you can get. So she goes to the head of the CIA and says, we understand that you have evidence that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians in order to throw the election. Yes. Show us that evidence. No. That won't work. Uh, We do not convict on hearsay, and your word is not good enough. Show us the evidence. You work for us. I have a higher need to know than you do. (laughs) Show me that evidence. No. Okay. No evidence, no case. And as far as I was concerned, it was over right then. All right. Well, we'll see how it unfolds, I guess. I think think they're going to get him for a whole bunch of shit, but we'll see. Well, technically, they could impeach him. They don't have to have legal grounds to impeach him. He does not have to have committed any kind of crime in order to be impeached. They can impeach him because they consider him either incompetent or, well, either mentally incompetent or just incompetent to to handle a job. They can impeach him on those grounds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That could have, I did not know that until like last week. I read about it. Um, They could, but it's questionable whether they would. I'm really curious to see exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, that's for sure. I, it's like the greatest show on earth. But yeah, I mean, I, if we were in England, they would have called a no confidence vote on him this month, and he'd be gone. <laughs> oh, they can do that in England. That's what they, they just do it that easy. They say, "Look, you're incompetent. You don't know what you're doing, and we're going to put someone else in." We need a system like that. Although, given how how tense everything is they just keep they would just keep overthrowing leaders that's that's you know that's part of it too i think it's going to escalate it has its let's say they let's say they like kick trump out of office like the next time 
uh, a Democrat gets the White House, they're going to try to do the same thing to them. It's going to be like, it's going to be tit for tat. They did with Clinton. Yeah, exactly. They did with Clinton. Yeah, so now they've turned it around on Trump. It's going to get, you know, it'll keep getting worse, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, it's like if we, if we have... I basically see the witch hunt going on with the Russian thing on Trump as exactly the same thing as the witch hunt that was going on with Clinton. It's just a partisan witch hunt. Yeah. The thing is, though, once they start one of those things, that's like how they got him with the Monica Lewinsky thing. It had nothing to even do with uh, what they were supposed to be investigating him for in the first place. So it's like... Yeah. They'll, they could get Trump with some like tax evasion thing that has nothing to do with any anything with the Russians. If they're going to nail him on some kind of legal grounds, they'll probably do the same thing that they did with Capone, uh, you know, and uh, the the FBI. They'll find some other charges to go at him with. They'll find something they can actually make stick. Yeah, and I figure he's done plenty of shady shit in his life. So. Probably. That seems like a God knows the Clintons did, and they stayed in power. Yeah. Um, so what else? I'm trying to think. Of, so you haven't watched? Oh yeah, that's what I want to ask you about. You you mentioned um, you you met you said you would watch Stranger Things if it was available not on a streaming service. Yeah. So what, you don't have Netflix streaming? No. Why not? I'm not really set up for it. Uh, I mean, I could get it. I just kind of resent paying extra money for the TV when I'm already paying exorbitant prices just to watch TV. It's like uh, Star Trek, the new Star Trek. Yeah. It's like uh, you can get it on CBS if you subscribe to their special streaming service, which is, I don't know, 10 bucks a month or something. Uh, Look, I don't give a goddamn how good your show is. You're CBS. Put it on the air or don't. But you don't tell me that, oh, I owe you a little bit more money to watch this. No, I don't. You make it available or not. You're making it available overseas, but you won't make it here. Well, what about HBO? I have HBO. Well, Netflix is essentially HBO. It's like a whole – it's like its own channel. Yeah, but that's just it. I'm paying for yet another channel. I see. Okay. Okay. I don't want to encourage people to keep this up. Uh, It's going to happen eventually, but I try and discourage it as much as possible. It's like, look, everyone's going to be charging you that much more and that much more and that much more and that much more, and they add up. Oh, for sure. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, they're going to make it more a la carte. So well, if if it goes full a la carte, uh, that would be a different setup. But it's not full a la carte. It's on its way there, though. Is I guess the point. It, when it does reach that, yeah, then that'll probably come out a little bit cheaper, and I'll be going for a lot of that stuff. But right now, it's just further add-ons. It's like, hey man, look, I pay out the ass just to watch TV every month. Don't tell me I owe you more money for a network TV show let alone a network TV show that overseas, you are making available, you know, on disc. This is just ridiculous. Come on. All right. Well, that doesn't have anything to do with Netflix, though. Well, it's just another one of those services <laughs> I don't want to subscribe to yet another service. <laughs> well, you should try it. Stranger Things is good. I don't know if you could – I guess they probably don't – I would look and see if you can get it on Amazon somehow. But I guess you wouldn't buy a show either on Amazon. Is that kind of the... Well, someone told me about the... There's an Amazon stick that you can buy. I forget what it's called. Uh, that enables you to, to see pretty much all of them for free. Yeah. And even legally, <laughs> depending how you do it. Uh, a friend of mine was telling me about that, and I thought about it. So the next time I talk to him, I may get into the stick and uh, get on the stick, so to speak. There you and go. start watching... Then I can watch Star Trek Discovery. I can watch... Uh, Stranger Things, I can watch all that stuff. You should just look on YouTube. A lot of people bootleg this shit anyway. It's not that hard to yeah. find. Yeah. Because, sure, I would like to see them. I just, I'm tired of being gouged. 
Yeah, I guess. How much are you paying for cable? <laughs> it's like turning no, into a cable commercial. It's like $190 a month. Yeah, it is ridiculous. You know, yeah. That's everything. And they that's, don't let you, like, get a different package. They only have, like, two or three, you know. It's quite expensive, yeah. Yeah, the package is pretty simple. You can either go with basic cable, which does cover a hell of a lot. That's a lot of flipping channels, and they are good. Um, if you throw on HBO, Cinemax, Showtime, uh, Encore, all those things, those are separate and uh, come in various packages. If you get all of them clumped together, it runs for like 189 bucks a month. Yeah. Well, That's a lot of money to watch oh, TV. To it watch is. TV that used to be free. And before it was deregulated by Clinton, uh, was actually pretty affordable. It used to be like 30 bucks a month, and that was if you got old premium channel. Yeah, that's true. It used to be really cheap. Now it's like, it's well, I mean, you're back. getting 500 channels now, right? Isn't that what they promised us? <laughs> well, that's true. Things you know, that, they're not lying. If you think about it, if you think about it, like, it's, it's like we have no flying car and shit, but we do have 500 channels. Well, and they're not lying about that. You really do. And yeah, I have yeah. to say this: they're good channels. I mean, there's a, there is a lot of crap in there, but there are a hell of a lot of good channels. If you can't find something to watch at any time of day or night, and especially if you've got On Demand, which, wow, do I like On Demand. Uh, if you can't find something to watch any time of day or night, any time of year, there's something wrong with you. Because believe me, it's available. So I do have to say that for the exorbitant amount of money that they charge, I can watch pretty much anything I want, except the, the separate services that want to gouge me more. Yeah. Well... You shouldn't look at it that way, though. Netflix is like a studio. It's just there, you know. It's hard to explain, I guess. But in my, I mean, they make a lot of fucking shows and shit. They have more. I think they have more original shows than you know. They do, but this is the problem. I would be buying that service to watch one show. It's going to have I don't know six, seven episodes. <laughs> All right, that's true. I barely use it myself, but uh, I, I do. I, I don't know why I'm advocating for it, but it's uh, it seems like a, it's a viable vehicle for a lot of content. So I, I think yeah. you, I think you would like it. They have like whole series of Mar- do you like Marvel or are you only a DC guy? I like Marvel. They have like whole series DC, of shows like and shit tied into the Marvel thing. So yeah, Marvel's good. Marvel makes better movies than DC on the whole. By a that seems mile. to be the case. Yeah, I've heard that too. Yeah. I, I do have to say, however, that the DC TV shows are a hell of a lot of fun. I like them a lot. And their their animated movies are great. Yeah, they do seem to have a better animated uh, sort of division. Yeah, they go all out with the animated. That's some good shit. Yeah. What do you think of all these superheroes being so popular nowadays? Uh, I love superheroes, so I don't have a problem with it. I do kind of find it funny. It's been that way for quite a few years now. Superheroes are a big, big business. Yeah. Um, all of those, if you stop and think about it, they're all basically propaganda shows. They're basically military shows when it comes right down to it. But that doesn't mean I don't like them. In fact, I like them a lot. They're very flag-waving, you know, we protect our country, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and that's true. The American way. Yeah, that is true. It's interesting when you think about that, but yeah, yeah. And they kind of came along, like, at the time <laughs> when propaganda would have kind of arisen uh, yep. in a big way here in America. It, it was through the Bush and Obama administration, and suddenly, bam, superheroes everywhere. Well, people like their superheroes, I guess. I do. I have fun with them every day. On the game you play there? Oh, hell yeah. 
I got to get Superman back up, back up on top on a spotlight battle. And as soon as I get five transitional arenas in one set, I will have that score back. All right, you should get into this esports thing, man. I know you people keep telling you that, but I'm I'm joining in the chorus of people. Yeah, I know I need to do that because I could find sponsors. I How's one, I'll sponsor you. Yeah, I am that good. There, are, I mean, there are people with corporate sponsors. Uh, they'll actually pay some money to see you throw down. That's oh yeah, for sure. Saying, hey man, you need to do this because I am. I'm on top of every damn list. There are very few people uh, who even compete with me. I mean, really, when it Wait, comes down to scores. You need to compete with some of these people online, though. I mean, that's where yep. they because you're not playing yeah, I need those to people with them online. Yeah, I need to. I definitely need to compete with them online. Yeah, I, let me know what. Let me know what happens. I'm intrigued. I'm laughing because it's like you should be, you should be doing this. I would, <laughs> I would totally. Well, I will. It. It's just another one of those things. Like you know, they didn't used to charge us for this shit. And I was like, oh, you know, ten bucks a month, sure you can do it. Come on. The big problem is if you pay the ten dollars a month and you're available to go online, that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to find an online fight. <laughs> you know, depending on what time you're there, you can put yourself open for an online fight, and you may or may not get one. Uh, oh, is so, that how it works? Yeah. Not to mention, if you've got a really good record, and I do, uh, they post the odds. <laughs> oh. People are not going to want to fight you know, the top guy. So there's that little problem, too. When it was free, I had trouble getting online with people. I, I've never gotten into an online fight with someone when I was able to, trying to. Uh, I need someone to help me figure out how to get that done, because I was just never able to hook up with somebody. Strange. And it wasn't for lack of trying. It's outside my realm of knowledge, so I don't know anything about this uh, video game. People really mention it a lot, though, Injustice. That's the one, that's your game? Oh, God, yeah. It's so much fun. Well, you can't have more fun than fighting with Bizarro or Harley Quinn. It's just too much of a kick in the pants. How many characters are there in it? Right now, there are 35. They're releasing three more over the next three months. Interesting. And it's like Mortal Kombat. Yep. It's, uh, I think it works better than Mortal Kombat, actually. But I'm used to its system, so I have I have Mortal Kombat 40. Yeah, I kind of Googled it, and I'm looking at some of this. Interesting. But they Mortal don't, Kombat 40. They don't have a game where you can have Marvel fight DC yet, huh? They did have one for Marvel and Capcom that was on PS3. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, in fact, some of those survived in that, that gateway game that I was playing, Marvel versus... Uh, or excuse me, uh, Capcom versus SNK2. Uh, there were these two different uh, groups that merged and allowed you to fight the characters against the other uh, franchise. Among those were a couple of Marvel characters, as I recall. Yeah, but not a straight up. There's no like straight up game where they can fight each other, right? No, not yet. See, so the should... Marvel versus DC, yeah, that'll be a kick in the pants. That would do. That would be huge. Yeah, they really should do that. Well, comic sure books like are in weird shape, I guess. I was reading about comic books. They're not really uh, – the industry's in rough shape, even though you'd think that they – I guess – well, I guess Disney bought Marvel, so it's like the industry is really just the, – the art form, I guess, is in, in tough, rough shape. Well, in Disney, being true to form, you're no longer going to be able to watch Star Wars anyway except to subscribe to their service to watch it. Oh, no, dude. What are you going to do in this ever-changing world of having to subscribe to shit? What are you going to do, Bruce? 
when they make it less expensive. (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to. They're only going to make it more expensive. Yeah, well, I'll just miss them, I guess. Uh, they got to come up with, like, some of these places need to team up, like a Netflix and H. I'm thinking about canceling, somehow figuring out a way to downgrade my tier and get rid of HBO, and then I'll pay the $10 a month for the HBO Go. I feel like that's, I think I'd still somehow save money. Yeah, possibly. Uh, it's just kind of a headache, and I don't want to have to keep switching things and switching things back and switching things another way. I don't know what it's like in your town, but I heard if you call your cable company and you say, uh, look, it, I'm, this is way too much money. You guys are killing me, and I'm either going to cancel it or switch to a different cable company. Then they'll, then they'll be like, oh, hold on, let me, check your, let me check your plan or whatever. Then they'll come back and be like, okay, we can shave off $50. Uh, I got that. This is what I pay with, with reduction. Oh. Yeah, they actually gave me a substantial reduction. As a matter of fact, I can renegotiate with them uh, come, what is it, May maybe or June? Because uh, it was two years ago that I signed a contract with them. Yeah. Well, keep trying, man. I am very happy with what I've got. I have to say that. I, mean, I, I, I had the chance to switch to DirecTV. You seem like someone who'd be, a, who'd be ideal for cord cutting, man. Like getting rid of cable altogether and just paying like $50 a month. If you just buy the internet, you can watch all the channels. They all have their own thing, like that CBS thing. Right. I thought you would get that if you were a cable subscriber anyway. You have to pay, still pay extra to get their channel. Well, something like Netflix, I mean, it's a separate thing. Netflix isn't part of the the cable. Right, right, right. Uh, So I'm not sure what exactly you're asking. I guess what I'm saying is you could ca- if you cancel your cable, but you still have internet, you have internet through the cable company? Yeah. Then you can use your ca- – then that should give you access to all the channels online anyway. That's the impression I'm under. Well, for some it should, but I'm sure they have blocks for others. Yeah. Just like the stick that I was talking about, the stick will give you access to everything. And it's not even really illegal. It's kind of like copying disks. You can copy disks legally even though it's illegal. You know, if someone hits you on it, you just say, well, look, I did this, and uh, I'm making a backup disk. <laughs> you can do that. I see what you're saying, yeah. And they're not going to come after you anyway. The technology is available, and you can get it, and you can watch it. And I know people that do. So, yeah, I'm probably going to end up going that route because it's not that expensive. And you get access to everything. Yeah. All right. Well, keep us posted on that. Oh, yeah. uh, all right. Well, I'm, it's almost midnight here, and I'm kind of running out of steam, so we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Uh, I can't thank you enough, man. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I think I'm going to go out to Bill again and have a nice Thanksgiving dinner, and I'll probably have some turkey pot pie here, and uh, drink a hell of a lot of beer, and watch a lot of movies. Nice. What do you have planned? Uh, what movies? What do you have on tap? this year? Not sure yet. This is one of those instances where I may go to On Demand to just see what's there, because I usually find some really good stuff there. I've got to get caught up on uh, Stand Against Evil. I've missed the whole season so far, but I'm going to catch up on it. I have to catch up on Arrow. Um, There are a couple series I need to catch up on I have available to me. Nice, nice. All right. Sounds like you have a fun day ahead. Oh, yeah. I'll have a good time. I always love Thanksgiving. I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I feel bad about Thanksgiving. It's getting squeezed out by Halloween and Christmas. I noticed it a lot this year. <laughs> it's 
bullshit. That's why I'm glad we, we still celebrate me? the holiday. You know what kills me? Uh, before Halloween, the week before Halloween, like uh, a Hallmark Channel started showing nothing but Christmas movies. Oh, God. Yeah, it's awful, dude. And they've been awful. showing nothing but Christmas movies from then until you know they're going to be doing it all the way through Christmas. Like, man, this is all you've got? And everyone was hitting the Christmas thing before Halloween hit. Yeah, it's it's particularly bad this year, I find. I think that... Uh, I think we're going to get hit with like a blizzard of Christmas on on Friday. <laughs> we're going to get hit with like a Christmas blizzard over from Friday over the whole weekend till Monday. This whole Cyber Monday because they moved. Yep. I don't know if you noticed this, but they moved. They've like they've like stretched the sale out now. Like they, a lot of ads I saw this week. This is like like uh, you know black. It's not just Black Friday. It's it's the whole week now. Yep. So come in before Thanksgiving and and get savings on this that and the other thing. And it's like. They're, they're stretching this shit even further back. God will bury us for being godless capitalists. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy, man. I never see anything I really like want to go out of my way to grab on when these sales come up. I always feel like, like, oh, is there something wrong with me? Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want any of this shit. Well, I gotta tell you, a PS4 is well worth the investment. That thing is so much damn fun. All right. I would never have gotten one if it hadn't been for my housemates having PS3s and my getting hooked on the fighting game. Uh, I wouldn't have gotten the PS4. And that PS4, oh my God, that was worth the investment. Right. Easily worth the investment. It's tons of fun. I mean, there are so many games. I bought the Ultimate Laura Croft, which I haven't even touched yet. I've got it all downloaded, and I've been so busy with Injustice, I haven't gotten around to it. But I'm all sure I'll have fun. So you haven't even see you haven't even played this game yet, and you bought it. Yeah, I bought it, and I haven't even played it yet. Jesus, Bruce! But it's there; it's waiting for me. All right, and that's what I'll that's what I'll do Thanksgiving. I'm going to jump into that. There you go. All right. I wish I shared your love of games, but I never really got into into games too much. You would get hooked. I know. <laughs> I have a very addictive personality, so I try to avoid try to avoid things I know that can become addictive, which is almost a lot of things, but. You know, tattoos. I don't have a tattoo because I know if I got one, I'd be like, I'd turn into a tattoo maniac within like 10 years or whatever. Yeah, I'm not into tattoos. Those don't do anything for me. You know, it's funny. Women with scars don't bother me at all. Tattoos, I'm just not into. Yeah, well, scars are a whole different story, but yeah. Tattoos is like you have to pretty much go out and get one. And to me now, it's so fucked up, but it's like, as I get older, I almost have a sense of pride now that I've gotten this far and I've not gotten a tattoo. Because it's like, yep. I know so many people that have, more people I think I know have them that don't. You I've had I mean? people bug me to get a tattoo, and then I don't want a tattoo. I don't want something permanently on me. Yeah, it is, uh, I'm always, yeah, the permanence of it is what bothers me too, because uh, I'm sort of a tinkerer. So I wouldn't never really be happy with it, I think. Right. Like it would drive me. Some little thing about it would drive me crazy, and I would. Just maybe like, I was really into this today, or this year, or even this decade. But uh, I better get older, and it's gonna fade, and it'll still be there. Yeah, maybe the appeal is that is the nostalgia of it, or something. I don't know. I don't know. It never it never resonated with me. So. <laughs> oh man, this is Rock's giving, folks. Uh, Bruce, I can't thank you enough, man. I hope you have an awesome holiday. Uh, 
you know, it's been great. Uh, I should say I told you before the show started, and uh, you you were down for it, of course. Uh, I got a lot of questions from people about this, and they were like, oh, is this the last Ruxgiving? Uh, uh, and it's not. I have no plans to stop Ruxgiving. We'll keep doing these, you know, for as long as me and Bruce feel like doing them. Um, you know, I'll do them as long as people want them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, after season 10 wraps up. So don't freak out. And, because, uh, you know, people actually listen to this and enjoy it around the holidays. So I'd feel like a, I'd feel like a real heel if we, if we stopped doing it now. Well, I'm performing a public service there. I'm very glad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess at that, man, uh, thank you very much. And I'll be in touch, you know, after the holidays, we'll put our heads together about this book thing and figure out how to, uh, how to get it into people's hands. Please, I'd love it. Awesome, brother. All right, man. Well, on that note, thank you again. Have a great holiday, and I will talk to you soon. Absolutely. You too.